Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player talk to you about movies. This week, Nick and I finally saw Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, the end of the Skywalker saga. Then, for our second part of this double-stuffed episode of Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, we go to Cats and get confused for an hour and 50 minutes. And then, the second film we saw for part two, we took the time machine to 2000, and we watched the Ron Howard Christmas film starring Jim Carrey, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, based on the book by Dr. Seuss. All of that on this Double Stuffed episode of Brownie Points. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. As always, Nick and I do not jump right into the reviews. We like to start off each episode with a segment that we call Brownie Bites. Over the past couple of weeks, we have delegated brownie bites months, to being not weeks months <laughs> okay months uh we have been dedicating brownie points exclusively to lists because it's the end of the year and we want to take a look back at the year of 2019 so um in the same vein as that if you haven't been listening to our bonus episodes recapping the entire live-action Star Wars recap. Then this Brownie Bites will be entirely lost on you. Exactly. We have spent the last three months literally watching every single Star Wars movie. And For you! So you better love what we did! <laughs> yes. And we are tailing off this endeavor with... uh. This week's segment being dedicated to our official rankings, excluding Episode 9, because obviously we haven't watched it yet. Uh, ranking definitively... That's coming up next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ranking this, every... We're recording this on Tuesday. We both have screenings for the movie on Thursday. We have not seen the movie yet. I've only seen the things coming out where the crew is constantly saying fans are going to hate this movie. And I'm like, oh, gee, way to make me feel like seeing your movie that I already paid for. Right. We're <laughs> obviously the next segment that you will be hearing are our immediate reactions to episode nine. And then we'll squeeze it in wherever swearing and screaming for an hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're as of right now. What we're going to be doing for you guys, um, just because we had the week off, we didn't talk about Star Wars last week, we are going to be now ranking how we think of the, um, what, 11 films or the 10 films, whatever ten, it is. 10 total films, uh, episode 9 is going to be the 11th. Oh, so okay. So it's the, it's, the it's the 10 films we reviewed already, and only one of them was not a bonus episode because that was how we launched the bonus episodes. It was like, hey, we're going to finish this series as bonus episodes. Right, 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 right. Okay. That's my impression so... of Dan, by the way. That was definitely <laughs> not me. <laughs> All right, so yes. Um, coincidentally, it is a top ten list, and we'll go through this relatively quickly. Um, 
So, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll kick it off. I'll start with my number 10. I feel like it's going to be your number 10 too. Um, good Lord. It's episode two. Episode two. Uh, is yeah. E- easily. <laughs> episode two is my number 10. God, oh, this movie is insufferable. There's no way episode two is not the worst film on many, 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 many this, people's list. It's, it's easily the worst. This was really close to getting beat out by Solo for me, though. And the reason it didn't was because I was like, at least Solo is still a competent movie. Um, episode two just plays for like two hours and 15 minutes and then it ends. Um with, like, no progression of characters. Uh, I mean, Solo as contrived and forced, stupid, um, and just all-around pandering, as that film was, it was still a film. Uh, episode 2 is like a fart seizure stroke thing, where, like, <laughs> there's, there's like, flashing and movement, and then there's sound, but it's not really pleasant, and then you can kind of taste it on your tongue. Um, I'll, hold but, on. Yeah. I'll, give, I'll give episode two a little bit of credit. There was a lot more of a mystery. Like, I... It's, it's not what I just described. <laughs> well, okay, yes. When it doesn't work, it really doesn't work, but... I will give it credit. There was a lot more of a long-form mystery throughout the film than I remembered before. Um, everything with Obi-Wan, I actually was kind of on board with. And the way it kind of pays off with, oh, this was all a setup for the Clone Wars. And now the Clone Wars has started. That's honestly kind of a devastating ending in writing. But yeah, there's way too much Anakin and Padme... That well, just also, doesn't it, work, and it's it comes, really painful it comes to sit almost, through. The Clone Wars comes almost a movie too late. Really, it probably should have... The ending of Episode 2 really should have been the ending of Episode 1. Yeah, I mean, it's... It kind of... They, well, they did need a movie. They did need a movie. Episode 2 needed to be during the Clone Wars. Episode 3 should have been the end of the Clone Wars. Well, I'm sorry. Three. I loved I loved the Clone Wars cartoon that we got that me and you talked about too. The one that was like the 15 minute increments. Uh, oh, the 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 Gindy Kurosawa film or shorts. Yeah, yeah, those were yeah, those were that, great. That was great, but that really should have been its own movie. I I've sat through all those in one two hour sitting before, and it yeah, it's great. But but what I mean is like that should have been episode two. Yeah, in in retrospect, yeah. The the way that that they or that George I should, I should say pace this out like it is weird the way that episode 1 ends literally the same way that episode 4 does. <laughs> and yeah. it just kind of lingers and kind of doesn't really do anything with episode 2 to then oh we're at the very end now like with episode 3. It's a weird way that he structured the the narrative arc to as, go as hyped as the clone wars were from episode four it was like oh yeah the big the clone wars the the mystical oh, yeah. not known about clone wars and then george lucas is like we don't show it oh what? yeah there's there's literally no clone wars in any of the prequel trilogy but that's like that's like saying hey this like galaxy defining event it's just it changed it honestly that's like having a movie about America 
post-1998 and the way culture changed after 1998 and then just not including 9-11. Oh, and then you just jump from there to the release of the first iPhone in 2007. Like, Yeah, like <laughs> you skipped a whole huge amount of just like uh, generation-defining moments and then you're just like, yeah, but dude, iPhone, like what are you doing? You skipped OJ and Bill Clinton playing the saxophone for at least three hours on camera, like no, dude, ninety. <laughs> that, that was well before ninety eight. Well, no, I'm just saying that, like in the nineties, you skipped OJ and um. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> staying focused on the list. Um, I'll go to my number nine then. Um, tell me if it's the same. I got episode one, The Phantom Menace. Nope. Oh, let me guess. You have Solo? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll like I a... said, dude, it was almost my worst. But the fact that episode two just I, – I... Solo, here's the thing. I can't unbiased, in an unbiased manner say that it's a bad movie. I hate it because of, like, what it does to, like, the Star Wars story and characters. So that's why it's so bad to me. Um, but – yeah, man, it, it was almost my worst Star Wars movie. I, I, I hate that movie, Solo. But talk about episode I, one. I can well, okay. I'll talk about Solo later because it is kind. Well, it's not that far. Um, so episode one. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's honestly, I like to certain degrees all the movies from my list onward. Episode two is the only one I really don't like. Um. <laughs> Episode 1 does have its moments. The pod racing sequence is great. I really love the overarching, just kind of main crux of the movie with um, Padme. Like, she's, um, I can't remember what the word is, but like in Alfred Hitchcock films, like she's like the main thing. And I kind of like that everything revolves around that they need to protect her. Um, it definitely is really, really slow. The main like, it subject? does. Well, I mean, the whole thing is that, like, uh, not the subject, but, like, she's the object. Like, Padme is the object. Like, everything that they're God, doing that is... that sounds really bad in today's culture. She's an object. Well, no, I just... I, again, I'm trying to say that, like, everything is revolving around, around helping or protecting Padme. And, yes, it is really slowed down. Like, the fact that the whole first hour of the movie, like, more or less outside of the Jar Jar Binks sequence and everything on his planet, like, all of that is its his own thing. His her planet. All of, okay, well, everything with Jar Jar in the beginning, and then we're on Tatooine for another, like, it feels like a whole hour in itself, but really it's only, like, maybe, like, 25 or 30 minutes. And then we still have a whole nother hour of this movie. Like, the pacing is all over the place in episode one, but it does add to... A mostly satisfying conclusion in the end. I did have way more fun than I didn't have fun in the movie. Like I, didn't, I think Jar Jar's got a bad rep. I think the the um, the pod racing sequence is great. I think the ending is actually awesome. Like when Darth Maul finally gets involved in the film. Ian McGregor is great. Uh, Qui Gon Jinn, uh, Liam Neeson, he's great. There's enough in this movie to recommend it, even though, yes, of course, 
there are glaring again pacing issues um a lot of stupid political dialogue that kind of goes on way too long it works enough that i would there's, give it a there's recommend- a scene there's a scene where they tell you what's going to happen in the in the next scene because it's so it's so uh stereotypically political and then they do exactly what was said in the scene before it's like oh my god you you literally just did the thing you said was going to happen right i it works enough even though it's got some pretty obvious flaws like i gave it a half pan i i stand by that but going from um i gave episode two a single brownie to this being a half pan and this is my second favorite star wars film the rest of the series honestly holds up pretty well for me. Um, but yeah, I just that I mean that's my hot take. I just, like I said, um, or we said, we did our reviews. That's obviously. what we said. <laughs> we've our, we've obviously done our reviews. I mean that's my reiterated hot take on it. I just yeah. If you guys really want to hear us go in depth, you got the many episodes. Yeah, uh, I just I like episode one overall. I like episode one. I don't love it, but I like episode one. And the fact that it is my number nine, I mean, it's very hard for me to pick out that many negatives from here on out. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you with Solo for your next film. Man, I hate this movie. Um, I uh, I cannot stand watching this movie. I don't like uh a lot of the a lot of the decisions in the movie, the movie just feels like, like rogue comparing it to rogue one, just because rogue one was the, is the other standalone movie that we've got. I feel like it's a fair comparison because frankly, we didn't need either of these movies, but rogue one really, really works really well. Solo is so pandering. I can't stand it. Um, to me, the best description of it is when they, they give him, uh, his last name. Okay. I never cared how he got his last name, but if you're going to tell me how he got his last name, you better actually make it a cool meaning or something unique or or character defining. If you tell me he got his last name just because a guy was like, you don't have any people, you're solo, Han Solo. That literally, dude, why did I pay to have you tell me? what his last name is when you're basically just saying he has his name because that's just the name he got. That's, that's what I assumed already. And they do that with so many things in this movie. How, uh, how did he get his blaster? How did he get his last name? Oh, the dice are in this movie. Uh, he's been a smuggler his whole life. Uh, just it, it's it just if you're going to give me a movie that gives the background story of a character one everything that defines this character should not happen in a single in a, in a single time frame because this entire character should not be defined on three days of his life two uh, i mean yeah i'll say three days because who knows but and two if you're gonna give me a movie that uh explains how everything that defines this character happens 90% of the answers should not be, well, because. Because I can just have that answer for free, and I didn't need to know about it, and instead you made me pay to get the answer I already had. So that's why I hate Solo. It's stupid. I'm glad that it got as much backlash as it did, even though Disney. I love that Disney's like, no, this movie did bad because of Last Jedi. No, this movie did bad because it sucks. Um well, this movie but, yeah. did bad because it was focused on a singular character that 
it. And it wasn't um, as it's it's a movie focused on a singular character and how they are developed over time into the character that they are in the other movies, and they don't develop the character. I like your your single purpose for the movie is defeated by you not doing what you're supposed to do. I will segue this into the fact that this is my number eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I still gave Solo a favorable review. I I did I want to see what our ratings were on that because yeah, you were you were nicer to this than I was. Solo Star Wars movie, you I gave still, it a half pan. I gave it a single brownie. I still found a lot of it pretty enthralling. I thought a lot of the action sequences were directed pretty well. Um, I think the performances are pretty good overall. Um, I I did have issue with, um, again, just the fact that, like you said, a lot of it just takes place over a small X amount of time, and every single thing is, like, how Solo became Solo. And, like, really? Just this singular life event is how he became Solo? Okay. Yeah. Like, but, if, this, if this opportunity came up and he said no... He's not the character we know at all. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, it is spaced out a little bit in, in the beginning, but then a majority of it is after the first, like, half hour of the film. But, again, I I think it's still visually directed pretty well. I think the acting is It does really... look nice, and the acting is good. I never I never said it wasn't. It's just the story is such tripe. I, it's, it's not, I don't find it that as annoying as you do i but i like star wars more than you too that's true so sure maybe i don't have that big of emotional connection to solo as the character kind of like how i find boba fett just completely worthless in the prequel or in the original trilogy like solo is my fanboy backlash movie see i didn't Again, maybe it's it. Uh, we can tie it into like how I didn't find Episode Eight that egregious either. Like maybe it's because I didn't <laughs> like the original trilogy as much as everyone else did, or it, it it just never had that place in my heart. Like yeah, people need to calm down with Episode Eight. I especially think, Disney because you shouldn't be able to use that movie as a crutch for why a completely different movie bombed. Right. I just I didn't think I didn't think Solo or Episode Eight were as big a problem as a lot of the fanboys did like maybe i'm being a little too generous i just i can't deny that i had fun while i was watching it a lot of the action is great yes it's a little messy in the story but the acting is mostly good enough that i can forgive it and again it it honestly looks great like after disney bought lucasfilms all the movies have looked fantastic from a cinematography and art direction and a hair and makeup and costume like they've been up to par if not surpassed what george lucas did but sure maybe that's letting me glance over some more critical thinking when it comes to the writing but again i don't i don't care that much like yes it's obvious that it's kind of dumb that all this happened to solo in one movie but I, i i'm sorry i had a lot of fun with it like I had more fun with it than I had issues with it. Not that I don't entirely forgive the issues I have with it, but they they didn't bug me enough to give it lower than a half pan. I sorry, I had fun with it. It's <laughs> it's it's a it's slightly more positive, I guess, if I'm gonna sit on the brownie side or the empty pan side of it for the half pan. I'm gonna sit on the brownie side. Like it's 
I think it's infectious enough that you kind of get swept into it enough to forgive whatever glaring issues there are with it. Um, but I mean, and to I think keep it spits in the face of what Han Solo and Star Wars is. Uh, my number eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, segue into your number eight to keep the train moving. The Phantom Menace. Um, I feel I I agree with a lot of what you said. I feel like this movie gets uh, ripped on really hard, um, and at the time, like when it came out, it was the fourth Star Wars movie, right? Yeah, it's the worst one at that point, and it's and it it's got such a big dip in quality compared to the original trilogy. But you know, we now have ten whole movies, and frankly. It's it's the lower end of kind of the average of the movies, and you know, I feel like it's it's really ripped on uh, because people hate Jar Jar Binks and they're like you over rely on the politics, but there is good kernels in it, like you said, the Padres. Um, I I do like that it shows it shows that you know the jedi but it it's not like it's not like later on in episode two and episode three where you know they're they're badass spies type guys like they're they're just basically like monks who could kill you um kunks they're killing monks and they uh <laughs> uh that's trademarked by the way um and they uh you know they they're keep like they literally in this movie are keepers of the peace they're not soldiers like they're trying to help de-escalate a uh, uh, invasion but they can you know kick butt whenever they need to um, I think this movie has some great stunt work I think it's got uh, some great action sequences the problem is it's paced pretty bad um, once they le- like like you said it feels like they're on uh, Nabu and uh, Tatooine for a long time, but for me, the slowest part of this movie is whenever they get on Coruscant. Man, what a terrible way to introduce this planet into this series. Um, right, yeah. It, uh, God, it's just, it's so long and boring. Uh, but yeah, that's my number eight. Alright, well, my number seven is the film that started it all. Episode four, A New Hope. I <laughs> is that your number seven too? <laughs> no. Okay. It's very far from my number seven. Okay. I or I should have had that feeling, but I just you texted me something that kind of really kind of corresponded with the way I felt. Good God, the first forty-five minutes of this movie are so slow. And it kind of is like, yes, it's obvious. Again, it's very, very, very obvious how this movie was so influential. The characters are amazing. They're acting, though. I didn't find any acting particularly good. Yes, it's obvious that Carrie Fisher didn't know what to do with Leia. Like she has a British accent at the start and then she doesn't. Luke. I'm sorry. I think Mark Hamill is actually not that good in this movie. <laughs> Hunt, uh, Harrison Ford is the best actor in this film, and even him is just kind of not that great. Um, again, pacing issues. The the pacing in this film is not that great, but 
I can see how in the end it's just the film itself for the budget it had especially um I mean given we watched the remastered with unnecessary CGI uh 96 version um thanks george <laughs> they still managed to make a whole universe again we only went to a couple planets but it's the groundwork it makes sense how this film laid the groundwork for oh my god we need to see more of this like what else is there in the galaxy What's more about the Empire? What's more about the Force? What's more about the Jedi? Like, it's what's more about the Force? And then we got Episode One. And we're like, you know what? Maybe don't explain that. It does lay such a great foundation for what ended up becoming the whole Star Wars franchise and galaxy and whatnot. And it is fun enough. the The story is interesting enough, and the ending sequence. Honestly, the last couple 20 minutes when they attack the Death Star and destroy it and everybody like the rebellion wins like yeah the last 20 minutes of the film are great but <laughs> the first hour isn't maybe episode 4 is a little overrated if you want to think about it critically maybe it's and saw... you just got your right to review movies revoked by the internet good job <laughs> we're screwed okay I it's it's a good movie. I still gave it a full pan. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie, but obviously credit where credit is due. Obviously, it's it deserves to be in the National Film Archives. It, uh, historically, yes, it makes 100% sense why it's revered as it is. Just for strictly the purposes of this reappraisal with the critical eye that we gave every single one of these movies – I found it just kind of a good movie, not a great movie, not a classic, but again, I wasn't alive when it came out. I'm just looking at it strictly in the critical eye that I give every or try to give every single movie that I watch and I just I just think it's good. I don't think it's great, but yeah, it's absolutely a good movie. Um so what's your number 7? Episode 8. Um, oh really episode eight yes i really what's funny is uh i'm i'm glad we re did this whole reappraisal because it actually completely changed the way that i uh feel about uh episode eight because i remember seeing it in the movie theater i actually probably would have given this a full pan and possibly sprinkles and i only gave this a half pan after watching it again um it's I don't hate it. I I really don't. I don't hate it. It's not like solo. Uh it's not like episode two. Um it's just I don't I don't find it to be a very enjoyable movie. Um I don't mind the risks it takes. Like I said in the review, many of the risks I like the risk and I like the change of like, well, this is what we're going to do. The execution of it is what's bad. I don't mind that Leia is connected to the force. She shouldn't survive being shot into space with no protective gear. Um, the, all the stuff with the, with the casino planet. What the hell is that? Um, what, uh, what's the new character that was introduced with Finn? Oh, um... Rose, uh, she sucks. 
Rose, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The comedy does not work, but I love the fact that Luke turns his back on the Jedi. I love that uh, Ky- you can see how conflicted Kylo Ren is. I like that Snoke is killed. Granted, I don't like the execution. I don't like the execution of the execution. Um, <laughs> Phrasing, Lana. <laughs> um, I don't mind that they have tracking through light speed, even though before that was that was deemed impossible. There's a lot of things in this movie that I like, but the execution of how it's done, I have problems with. It's it's one of those things where it's like I, you know, I like what you did. Or I like the idea of what you did, but the way you did you did it almost every single time I don't like. Um, also, I mentioned in there if Ryan Johnson, the big thing with him was we got to subvert your expectations. That's fine, but when you do it with every single expectation, that's kind of just being a douche because it's like the movie's not enjoyable at that at that point because you're just tr- like constantly trying to wrap your head around what just happened because you're trying to make sense of how it happened if you weren't expecting it. Um, I, this movie's okay. I, the, uh, the real problem with this movie is the way that the fans reacted. Uh, they were too passionate. They were too passionate in saying this is absolutely terrible and it ruins Star Wars. Or they were too passionate in saying, no, this is, this is amazing. This is exactly what it needed. And no one was like me and was like, you know what? It's okay. Very few uh, people were like that, and that's that's this movie is why I hate Star Wars fandom because you either you have to be so polar opposite. It's not okay to be in the middle for people that like Star Wars, and it's kind of annoying. I'm going to completely agree with you in terms of the toxic fandom that kind of ensued after this film. But yeah, this was this was the first time I really saw the toxic fandom of this series. Yeah, and I I mean I don't because we I were we were too young to actually see the backlash of the of the prequels, but yeah, man, like yeah, it was, dude, it that was that was so extreme. Like, they they came out like Rose came out and said she had to get therapy. I really don't like Rose in this movie, but if you had to just like berate that poor woman. Her character was bad. That doesn't make her a bad person because she's the actress. Right. Like, right. let her no, live her life. Dude, people people pick terrible movie roles all the time. If she wasn't going to be in it, someone else was, and the character still would have sucked. Yeah. It's not her fault. Yeah, and I mean, we can have a whole separate discussion about toxic fandom, but I want to segue this into... Ooh, that's um, actually a good Brownie Bites idea. Yeah, no, it is. Like... Um, it's actually <laughs> my next my next film. What numbers are uh, uh, number? Your number six. Yeah, my number six is actually eight. So, um, <laughs> I actually I'm I agree with you in terms of the toxic fandom. This movie definitely didn't. Des- I don't understand how it became so much of a heated topic. Like. I do agree that everything with Rose and Finn had the absolute wrong payoff. Everything that they did really just distracted from everything else in the film because I think everything else in episode eight is pretty good. I, I, I'm I not in the middle where I think it's okay. I do lean more towards good. I think episode eight is a pretty good movie. 
Um, yeah, but you you lean you lean towards it's good, but you don't lean towards this is absolutely amazing and perfect and exactly what it needed. And anyone that questions it is an idiot. No, that's it, it, that's how the fandom leans leans with this movie is that it's absolutely perfect or it's absolute crap. Right, and that's why I'm agreeing with Only you. Only is, is that an absolute guys. Come on. That's why I'm saying is I'm agreeing with you that in a world of absolutes, I mean that's that doesn't exist. Yes, everything with the casino was stupid. The fact that Rose saves Finn instead of one of, if not both of them dying, was a terrible decision. But honestly, well, also in the fact that Laura Dern was kind of an idiot also. Um, <laughs> Why doesn't she tell anyone her plan? Yeah, her act of what no... purpose does that serve? Her act of nobility was kind of stupid, but... Everything else I thought is great. I but love it was the fact. Badass. I love the fact that Leia. I love everything that Leia goes through. I love like. I'll give you the full story. I was at first. I really liked Mark Hamill's character arc, and then, after watching the prequel trilogy or the original trilogy, God, I can't stop saying that. After watching the original trilogy. I was kind of worried going into episode 8 going, oh my god, okay, I kind of get where the Toxic fans are coming from. But then watching episode 8, I think it lays it out pretty well how yeah. Mark Hamill's character, Luke, goes through what he does through the multiple twists that happens. Well, and we, then the, we, also, we also talked about how that makes Kylo Ren that much more of an evil villain where it's like, dude, he didn't hate Darth Vader that much. Yes, my favorite aspect of Episode Eight is the whole arc that not only Kylo goes through, but the way that it um, ties into Snoke. Like, it didn't bother me that much that, like, we didn't get to know that much about Snoke because, frankly, me, I didn't care that much. It didn't matter to me whether he is... Darth Plagueis brought back to life, or Palpatine that much more mangled after he got thrown down that shaft. Like, I didn't care. Like, and the fact that he, we killed him off, and now clearly Kylo Ren is now the head of the Resistance, I can't wait to see specifically what happens to Kylo. Um, also with the fact that, like, he wants Rey to join him. We can make the Resistance something even better with the Rebellion. We can unify and become something great. And she's just like, no, I see the evil in your heart. Like, I can't do this with you. I cannot wait to see how that turns out in Episode Nine. Like, honestly, I, again, I, what, I gave it a full pan just because of the casino nonsense? Yeah, you gave it a full pan. Yeah, I I honestly genuinely really really like episode eight. Reservations aside, like that kept it from sprinkles. I think under I think episode eight is underappreciated. Frankly, I I really did enjoy it a lot. Like again, not perfect in that toxic fandom that you brought up, but yeah, I mean, clearly I enjoyed episode eight more than you did. But I mean, yeah. no offense, but that's fine. yeah. So, I mean, I already I'm not, away... not going to give you a hard time for enjoying it. I'm just saying it. Eh, yeah, no, no, no. Didn't, we... work, didn't work for me. Uh, but also, I'm the bigger Star Wars fan, so that might be why. Is because it, it deviated too much. And the way that it devi- and I wasn't And I was fine with, the devi- with it deviating, but the execution of the deviations I didn't like. Um, yeah, sure. My, I mean, yeah, what's your six? Yeah. My six is episode three. 
this your next <gasps> is this your number five numbers um it might be my next film <laughs> is it maybe yes <laughs> jesus um you do you do your hot take and then i'll gush over how much i love episode three episode three um is the best of the prequels by a mile um easily it has it has the best scene in the prequels where anakin and uh uh padme don't talk <laughs> the best acting in the prequels does not involve dialogue so <laughs> let that speak right. for itself that sounds about right um, for the prequel trilogy <laughs> um i i i like that it went there i like that it it is very unflinching at the at the dark part of this because um if you're going to show someone that I mean, Adam, or not Adam, well, uh, Anakin is, uh, Adam Skywalker. Real... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam Skywalker. <laughs> I'm, I'm Anakin's cousin. Hey, Adam, you, you got a stupid voice. I'm going to kill everybody I see from now to eternity. Oh, no. My sister gave birth standing up and her kid came out sideways. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Three: Escape from the Garden of Eden. Um, <laughs> Tie Fighters, Death Stars, and uh, God. Oh, sorry, I don't know the ships as well as you do. Um, <laughs> what's it look like? What? What? What's the ship you're t- trying to describe look like? No, I was trying to go Tie Fighters, Death Stars, and um, God. I don't know what would be a third one. I was just trying to do a wings, B wings. A wings, wings. Okay. X wings. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I was sorry. Sorry for the terrible joke, listeners. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible at that. I don't even know if it was a joke. Um, but it. I like that it goes there. There's a lot of things I don't like. Uh, the Darth Vader, no, I don't like. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. One thing that I've never liked about this movie. And it sticks out like a sore thumb to me every single time. Is it takes nothing to convince Ad- Anakin? God, Anakin, not Adam. It takes nothing. <laughs> it takes nothing to convince Anakin to turn like absolute evil, where, where he's just like, no, he must stand trial. I'm gonna kill him. All right, or he. Like he stops Mace Windu, and he and then the, the Emperor is just like, "Good, you are now my Padawan." It's like maybe he just wanted to stop Mace Windu. Maybe he's not on your side. <laughs> well, he did plant the seed in him about Darth Plagueis and planted stopping a seed? death, huh? He planted a seed in him. He uh, okay. He no. In his brain, okay, that makes it worse. Um. <laughs> He planted a seed in his brain. He, Is it like that one Family Guy episode involving ears? Oh, oh no, oh god, um, no. He <laughs> well, since you're already talking about it, and it's my next film, I'll interject. He yeah, sure maybe it is a little of a simple turning. It's a little kind of simplistic. Where yes, it just takes him one thing, but. Anakin had the vision that Padme was going to die, and 
All he needed to save the and love of his life. And he has poor impulse control. All he needed to save the love of his life. If you've ever loved somebody as much as he loves Padme, I understand. Have I ever told you about the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Sure, when it comes to life or death situations. Learn, learn I can't the say power that I to save the, the one you way. love. He's just like, I love lasagna. <laughs> Have I told you By the, the way, story of Darth Garfield? Lasagna. I hate it. <laughs> what? I said, by the way, I personally do not love lasagna. I hate it. But, no, stop bringing food into this, especially food that I really love. <laughs> I feel like I'm being attacked for being fat. I feel like I'm being attacked for actually liking good food. Um. <laughs> lasagna is not good. Lasagna is noodles, amazing. Noodles should not be cake or sheety. Garfield Sheet E for future Dan who's editing. Sheet E. Garfield is a saint. We all hate Mondays and we all love lasagna. Get in line. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, I'll I'll Anyway, I like I said, I stand by what I say. I think that it does work enough that it's empathizable enough that the love of his life he believes is going to die and when he just turns, like, he says, no, he's got to stand trial. He's standing with the Jedi, and then Mace Windu is the one that's like, no, I see evil in him. He's got to die. He's the Sith Lord. Mace, like, Mace Windu's like, nah, fam. <laughs> that gray area, I think, works where he doesn't realize yeah, that that is another thing that i like about this movie is it, it does sort of introduce a gray area with the jedi it just like i think it was this review where i said this movie was really handicapped by it needed to introduce a gray area of the jedi and frankly the whole prequel trilogy should have the problem is you know in the first movie they're so right and so pure that there's no way you could have a gray area for the jedi in the original or, or in the prequel trilogy without muddying up the jedi in other movies well that 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 downfall they go on to is so fulfilling because they are so blinded and when blinded they go blinded by the light side <laughs> <laughs> when they realize, well, oh my god, the prophecy, it didn't get fulfilled, and you are my brother, Anakin! You are supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them! Like, I just kind of relish in that. And those other guys realize there's a lightsaber in their chest, and they can't breathe, and their blood's not pumping through their veins anymore, and they're dead. Uh, sure? Um, <laughs> just the whole fact that they get that realization of just, like, that they were wrong, and it's just like, well... Sorry, guys, you were kind of cocky. You kind of had this coming. Like, I just, I love that. I love how, I love how the fallout just goes throughout the film. I think the acting, except for Anakin, which is better than episode two, uh, it's still not good, but I love the actors in this film. I love the way that George Lucas wrote this out outside of the dialogue. Um, Full disclosure, all I remembered of this movie was I loved it except for how terrible the dialogue was. Watching it now, I didn't think the dialogue was really that bad. Like, it's not great, but it's better than episode one and two. Um, It just – it's so emotionally devastating, 
and it's so bleak, and it really kind of delivered what it promised, really. The establishment of what would become the Empire, the fact that the Jedi are completely wiped out, Anakin turning on Obi-Wan and the emotional climax that that delivered, which, by the way, I still think is one of the best fights in all of the saga, like the entire film series. Obi-Wan and Anakin finally clashing in that, coming to a head, and as much as I made fun of it just a minute ago, just that really was so sad to watch. Obi-Wan losing his Padawan in the way that he does. And his Padawan losing his limbs. Yeah. (laughs) I just... I'm sorry. I really love Episode 3. Like, overall, I did love this movie. Like, yes, there's some dumb dialogue in it. And yes, it's kind of long. But before we watched Episode 7, I thought Episode 3 had the best cinematography. The visual effects... Good lord, the visual effects stand the test of time better than any of these movies and i just i had way more positives watching it now versus when i did back however many times i did before like i remember in high school texting you while watching it and you just were like why are you watching that star wars movie well i mean like you really did not like like it then and i find it funny now that you actually really like it well i i don't remember that at all but <laughs> you can tell me about that more off mic, but I I I always had this kernel in the back of my mind that like I liked episode three if I watched it on mute. And obviously watching it now, I just I I feel bad that I cracked on it as much as I did before because episode three really holds up. I think episode yeah. three is a pretty great movie. Like again, there are a couple moments here and there that are just kind of annoying and kind of don't work, mainly Hayden's fault. But um, And I will contest largely George's fault. Yes, George didn't give him anything to work with, but guys, give episode three another watch. It's really not that bad. It's actually pretty great. <laughs> All right. My number five is episode seven, so cue Dan saying this is number four. Uh, Yep. I'm right there with you. Episode 7 oh, is God, right... Oh, God, it's your number 4. I'm I'm sorry. Episode 7 came right after it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, episode 7 um, is my number 4. Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh my number my number 5 is uh episode 7. Um really good, definitely a rehash of A New Hope, but the uh, charisma of the characters is great. I like I like the development of all of them. Um, there's no casino planet moment where it just feels like it just dies out of nowhere. Um, yeah, there's there is definite fan service and nods to the camera, but at the same time, at least it's good. Um, the scene where Han dies, every time that he says Ben, I get just this biggest sinking feeling in my in my stomach. Um, yeah, I just, like, I enjoy it. Um, I'm glad that Disney could prove that they could handle Star Wars competently. I'm kind of annoyed they they obviously did not have a plan, and they were just shooting from the hip with everything. But um, I like it, but, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. I'm going to agree. There's not really much else that I can add to it. I, I think this is the best looking of the movies, even though I have three more above it. 
um, I texted you at least once, if not multiple times. Good God, the cinematography in this movie is gorgeous. You texted me um, that like four or five times. <laughs> um, I love all the new characters. I think, like Nick said, I think they did a really great job kind of establishing a new generation while also kind of working with the old generation. Yeah, it's... It's kind of obvious that they kind of pulled a lot of elements from episode four, but they add enough spice and originality to it that it still works on its own merits. Um, it's a lot. It's kind of like how I felt about Solo, where the action still looks great. It still moves well enough. The characters are relatable and likable enough that overall, when it's all said and done, you still have a lot of fun with it. It's... Um, it's a great first step into a new direction. You're excited for um, a new chapter, not to um, – for lack of a better word. J.J. Abrams does enough to, yeah, just bring new life into it, and it's a lot of fun. It's a great movie. It's not afraid to get dark. There's a lot of character depth that some characters get more in in episode eight where others kind of don't get the payoff that you would expect after episode seven. Um, but yeah, it's a phenomenally good movie. Like, um, was this the first one I gave sprinkles to, or do I still give this one a full pan? Uh, episode seven. Yeah. Episode seven, you gave a full pan. You okay. gave sprinkles to, well, the rest Rogue of them. one rogue one was the first sprinkles. Okay. Um, and then episode five and six. Okay, well, don't spoil the rest of the list. No. <laughs> I'm not saying well, what Well, I know, I know my next pick will not be your next pick because it's one you've already said. Okay, well, yeah, that's my, that's my take on episode seven. What's your number three? No, my number four. Or four, sorry. My number four is episode four, uh, New Hope. Um, oh, okay. I I agree with a lot of what you said, and like I said uh, in the review, there's an hour of this movie that uh, I really don't like all that much. I still gave this movie sprinkles. That's how good this movie is. That there is there is almost half this movie that I'm like kind of lukewarm to, and then the rest of it's so great that I that I give it our highest rating. Um, it's it's when you know it's not the band gets back together. It's when the band got together in general. Um, I, I like the story. I like the setup of the atmosphere. Um, I really like the um, I like the simplicity of this movie when you think about it as a stand as a standalone film. It Dude, was the, I, it was the beginning. Yeah. It was the middle. It was the end. There wasn't going to be anything else. And then it did really well. And then now we have this countdown. Right. I I noticed that too when I was watching it. I texted you just like, God, this movie seems a lot smaller than the other movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, what's your number three? Oh, my number three is Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, and the that biggest that is hot... my number three as well. Great. My biggest hot take I can take away from this was was honestly really everything that happened in the last third of the movie. Like, I forgot that Luke just turned himself in, and there was so much dialogue between him and Vader. 
It was you can way... really see the conflict in Vader in this movie too. Yeah, it was way more emotional than I remembered. Like watching this, and it just added that much more to Palpatine commentating their final conflict, and then Vader turning on Palpatine. Like, really, that was the biggest thing I took away from it. Like. Yes, there's the Ewoks, and then there's the big reveal that, yes, you're my sister. Like, there's a lot of payoffs that happen in this movie, but really it's the last third of this movie that really got me more than anything else. Um, I I can't remember if I emphasize, emphasize this enough in the original review, but um, the again, the last third of the movie, the conclusions that come out of it right there – are just so impactful and so big and just um they hit a home run with it episode six was a great 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 movie and yeah. you can up to and this at point the time you, it was a fantastic conclusion to the series and then they said no we need seven more movies yeah and it was um well okay not the first time but um i felt like mark hamill really came into his own and honestly everybody came into their own finally as actors um yoda the, yoda's moment at the very beginning like and then um just i kind of i mean i feel like i kind of picked at it a little bit where this whole movie just was conclusions and kind of didn't have its own arc really like it was kind of weird to me but over time i kind of compartmentalized it and just accepted that like oh that's the whole point of this movie it's that it's all conclusions, and it's a two-hour just kind of fireworks show, and just like this is the big finale, and it holds up. It's great. Episode six is a great movie. Yeah, I uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of it. I love the uh, the Endor stuff. Not not necessarily the Ewoks, but I, I love the battles. I love the vehicles that are introduced through uh, through Endor. Um, I really like I like this Death Star fight more because it's the Death Star feels more like a weapon uh, in this than it did in the other one. Like yeah, the other like in A New Hope, you, it's gonna blow up a planet, uh, but in this one, uh, it 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 feels like it poses a threat. When they make when they make the run, they could crash into it and blow up. When they make uh, the or when they're going towards the to get into the Death Star to begin with, there's a bunch of uh, turrets. Uh, I, I think I pointed out in the, this movie, I find it funny that this time they were like, no, we're putting it near a planet with a shield generator on it. Um, like, this <laughs> right. one this one really felt like it was going to be much more of a threat. So uh, that's something I really enjoyed with it, too. All right. Well, let's go into my number two. And I feel like you know what my number two is going to be. It's episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. I huh. I agree that this is the best of the original films. It is so dark, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the right words to say for a quick hot take like this. Like, I love the way that it continues in from episode four, the way that it ends off, but um, it really kind of just emphasizes like that kind of traditional story like it, i like the way that it kind of establishes itself where like the good guys the good guys pulled it off but then the actual revenge and like no the empire's not stopped that easy and man it really leans into it like luke finds out that vader's his father solo gets uh 
uh, buried in uh, not kryptonite, but um, whatever that is. <laughs> he gets frozen in carbonite, not buried Car- in kryptonite. Okay, kryptonite, carbonite. He gets put into carbonite, and um, I love everything with Luke and Lo- Yoda, like learning actually Luke and really. Loda. Sorry, sorry, Luke and Yoda. Uh, learning more about the Force and the Jedi that he could only learn so much from from Ben. Um, everything on Hoth, that – starting the movie right off the bat was insane. That was such a big sequence to then still have another whole action sequence. Um, everything with uh, Billy D. Williams, he's phenomenal as um, – um, oh, god. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Lando Calrissian. Lando, yes. Billy D. Williams is great, and the big twist that he has with Vader. Um, just everything in this movie works so good. Not only telling its own story, its own really dark story, and just it leaves you with your jaw hanging and just, oh my god, I have to watch episode six. It's uh. Deserve sprinkles. I mean, <laughs> episode five holds up just as well as history book says it does. It's one of the greatest sequels of all time. My number two is Rogue One, um, which is clearly your number one. Uh, well, spoil I, it. Um. <laughs> there's literally one movie you can pick, and it can't be. Uh, it can't be The Exorcist. Um, Right. <laughs> or actually, it can't be uh, Clockwork Orange. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is the first movie that the Empire, I really felt like, was a huge uh, presence and a big threat to the uh, safety and security of the galaxy, which is something that Solo pulls off well, too. Um, the beginning of the movie, the first, uh, like... I don't know how much it was, 35 minutes, 45 minutes, where they're jumping around all the planets is really confusing. But basically, once Jetta is destroyed, the movie gets really easy and incoherent to, uh, to follow. Um, the action's great. I, it's such a bleak movie. Like, <laughs> dude, the end of the movie is basically portrayed as, you better get these Death Star plans, because if you don't get them, the universe will die, and it'll be your fault. Um... I I I love watching this movie every single time it's on. Um, I I find it has great replayability. Um, I've heard people be like, "Who's the most fan servicey Star Wars movie there is?" If it is, so what, man? You you made a movie that just is what people think the Star Wars universe is. Great, thank you. Um, I the end of the movie where uh darth vader has one of the greatest scenes in movie history um god i love that scene and i really want a darth vader solo film um i love this movie it was uh it was probably the uh it is my it is my favorite uh or my highest ranked uh disney star wars film well i can segue that into my number one I never thought that a film apart from the Skywalker saga would be my number one, but it is. It's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I absolutely love this movie, and I've loved it more and more 
every single time I've watched it. I think for the show, this was like my fourth or fifth time watching this movie because I saw it. I know I saw it at, once in theaters, once on Blu-ray, uh, once on Netflix, and uh, now uh, for the show. Um, so four times. And I've honestly loved it more and more and more and more every single time I've watched it. Yes, the first time I saw it, I thought the beginning was a little kind of janky with the editing, like kind of bouncing out like exactly like where everybody was and how they all kind of came together. But once they came together, home run all the way through. But in subsequent viewings, I, 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 I don't think it's that big of a mess. I think it does a pretty – I think it does a good job of, at establishing just how in different straits and in different really worlds, no pun intended, that everybody is and just how kind of coincidental and how kind of by luck everybody happens to come together and then they realize that um, they're in it. Well, not even that. Like they all come together for like this mission, but clearly um, – Pedro, but, but, or, the, but the reasoning for that is not just because, like, it isn't solo. There actually is a point to where it's like, oh, this happened because of this. Yeah, I love that they kind of uh, – they call it um, whatever the term is when Mads Mikkelsen is like, oh, I deliberately put this flaw into the Death Star. You have to be the one to let the rebels know that this is it. Um not fan service. The retcon but that this movie does is retconning. actually a very good explanation of why that issue or why that flaw was in the Death Star to begin with. It does not it does not feel forced, honestly. Yes, it retcon. feels very natural. That's what I was trying to say. Everything that people say are fan survey or retconny, I think they do a phenomenal job forming an actual story that's believable and actually a great adventure. It does add great stakes to um to Felicity Jones's character, uh, Pedro Pascal, or sorry, Diego Luna. I keep getting them mixed up. Sorry, um, Diego Luna. I love that he never buys into it until the very end. I love Donnie Yen. I love uh, his partner that actually sees with the giant machine gun. I love. Um, oh, I forgot his name too, but um, the guy that had the alien like sucking out his memories. Um, he was in HBO's The Night of. Um, I'll remember his name here in a second. But um, I love how I love how different every one of these characters are. I love how much of a ragtag team they are, and they don't just coalesce right at the very beginning. But uh, they do end up coming together at the very end and become Rogue One. Uh, guys, what's your name? What's your clearance? We're uh, Rogue liquor. One. <laughs> I just – and then the fact that I – the fact that they sacrifice themselves for this and the way that it opens the door literally right into episode four, I still remember um, – given the fact that I saw this literally a week after Carrie Fisher died and the fact that she, CGI, still showed up, but it was still her voice, or I believe it was her voice um, – it's no, dude, literally Carrie Fisher moments. didn't die in this movie. That was that was episode eight. Well, she died right before this movie came out. She did not die right before Rogue One, dude. No, she didn't. She die. died right before. She died right before Last Jedi. No, Last she, Jedi is the last Disney film we got. No, she no here. She died before the. She died before Rogue One came out. 
while they were filming The Last Jedi, and The Last Jedi was the last movie that she was in. Well, I mean, she's in episode nine somehow, but... No, I remember very distinctly reading that she died right before Rogue One came out, while or right after she was done filming The Last Jedi, and I was... Well, not, like, sobbing, but, like, the fact that the movie ended with her, and it's literally moments before episode four starts... I definitely was choked up and yeah. crying. Episode four starts five minutes after this movie ends. Oh, for real. But, like, it's not just that. Like, I'm just throwing that out there. It's just, like, that was what I experienced the first time I saw it. But in subsequent viewing, I love that they picked this to be the first standalone story because when you think about it, how many other things did they allude to deserve a story like the guys that sacrificed themselves to give them the plans to the Death Star – that set the whole thing in motion for the last half of episode four and really the whole really a big chunk of episode four itself like really this 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 movie puts an explanation to the beginning of this entire series exactly and frankly as important as that is it would have been very easy for this movie to spit in the face of that and it does not it does not. It tells a story just as exciting, just as heartbreaking, and just as memorable as anything that Star Wars ever did. And sorry, not sorry, I think this movie's the best Star Wars film that we've had so far. I think that just everything about it is perfect. I give it sprinkles. Fight me if you want to. I think Rogue One is a perfect movie. Episode 5 is my number one, um, obviously, because it's all that was left. <laughs> Um, greatest sequel of all time. Um, one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, I, I, I don't remember the first time I ever saw this, but I also was five. So it's hard to, or I was pretty young. So it's pretty hard to forget anything or remember anything from being that age. Um, I, I love this movie. Um, it's, it is such a step up from the beginning of the series, um, and I have a hard time really diving into it, uh, and I know Dan does too, because our review, we have a hard time actually discussing the movie. Um, it's it's so it it's so good. What else can I say other than it's a perfect movie? I I, I it's it's really hard to it's, it every it does everything right for me. Um, it. There's no there's no slow moment. Uh, other, okay, other than the cave thing, but it's it's confusing and weird, but it's still cool. Um, but yeah, I I I love this movie. I think it's great. Um, if someone were to say, hey, if you want me to get excited about Star Wars, what should I watch? I'm gonna tell you Episode Five. Um, I will give you the. I don't even know if I will entirely give you information from the move the previous movie in it. Um, fantastic can't recommend it enough it's my number one it will i i can't see a movie ever uh unseating it too it i really do think it will forever be my favorite star wars movie all right well with that i mean what else can we really say i mean going through all this with you for the past three months like all I can really say is what I said at the end of episode 8. This was a marathon. It was fun at the start. 
it felt like it was going to be a hardship in the middle, but the payoff is so... I really was questioning it by uh, the end of uh, Solo, and I was like, oh my god, we still have freaking five of these left. The payoff is so worth it, though. The fact that we can yeah. now say that we've watched every single movie, and, I mean, as of this taping, we're still two days away, but listeners, literally in two minutes, you're going to hear us talk about episode nine, and honestly, like, for me, the fact that, like, I hadn't watched you any of these shouting, movies... You shouting, what the hell was that? <laughs> the fact that I hadn't seen any of these movies in so long, like, and getting to talk about them with you, like... Well, not quite in real time, but, like, getting to revisit all these movies with you, um, an avid Star Wars fan, I just – I couldn't have asked for a better way to reappraise all these movies. Like, differing opinions or whether we're gushing about them at the same time or hating them at the same time, just – I'm – I don't know. I'm super glad we went through this, and it's – I feel like it's going to be good for us going into Episode Nine to – have all this relatively fresh like between october and now uh in our minds for us to do a entire like movie series of reviews um this to me seem like feels like the movie series where it's like of course it has to be this one um star wars has been such a big part of my life that sounds sad um <laughs> But it really has. I've I grew up watching these movies. Um, I grew up watching the original trilogy. I I was the age demographic where the prequel trilogy was the, was so amazing because we got our own Star Wars movies. And then when Disney bought it and they're like, we're coming out with our own movies, I was just like, oh god, please don't do what the prequels did to people that grew up with the original trilogy and then were in their twenties when when uh the prequels came out um it was interesting to watch this time because i before i rewatched the series with kelsey the way that i saw it was production order you know four five six one two three and then when i watched it with kelsey again it was four five six one two three this is the first time where i've kind of uh marathoned maybe not maybe isn't the right word um, just because we didn't watch these all in a day. We did, we did take three months to watch this, but it was the first time I watched these movies in chronological order. Um, film rather narrative than production order. order. Yes. Film narrative order. So it, um, it was very interesting to see the flow of the story, you know, as much as people go back and give a hard time to like the prequels, um, there is a storyline there that does, you know, it's it's rough, but it does flow into uh, Rogue One and Solo, and then uh, it goes right into uh, the original trilogy, and then the new Disney one picks up right after it. So it was very interesting to see the, the flow of the story this time, rather than kind of like the choppiness of how it was uh, uh, put into production. So it was... It, it, I liked watching it that way to talk about it with you because you're the person I discuss story narrative and movie and just movies in general with the most, even before the podcast. So I, uh, there's a reason me and Dan started doing this. We were doing this already. Um, yeah. (laughs) So I, I will say, you know, as awesome and fun as it was, I am very glad it's over. Um, this did take a toll on me and Dan. (laughs) 
we yeah schedule we, sc- the we scheduling ba- we this was intense. We basically were in show mode every single day for th- for almost three straight months, um, and it's nice now that we get like one or two nights o- nights off a week, um, and then we also have the weekends off now. It's it is very nice. Yeah, it but, is. But I, it, it this this probably got me more excited for the Rise of Skywalker than any of the advertising for that movie. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, no disrespect to Disney. Like, obviously they want to keep it a secret, no, but no, no disrespect to Disney. Your advertising blows for this next movie. Well, I mean, thank God they've had the Mandalorian going on right now, like to keep us at bay. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, which, by the way, I still haven't watched episode six yet as of this taping, which I probably am going to watch when we hit stop. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's I think it's the worst one of the series. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, it, well, here's here's my spoiler free review. It feels like it just introduces characters to come back later like this. It feel, this is the one episode that feels like a setup episode, including oh, well, the pilot. Oh, well, that's kind of a downer. I've really liked the show. Like, I've heard people saying that it's kind of gotten downhill since after, like, the third episode, but I've really enjoyed it. The, like, this this week's episode is the first dud to me. Like, I, I, I think they were all pretty good, and then this one I was like, okay, that felt like you just had that to introduce some characters. Okay, well, I mean, on that, I mean, um... Unless you have anything else to add, I don't have anything else to add. No, I'm good. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a very brief break, and then we're going to let you know what we think about Episode 9. Oh, I can't wait. We will be right back. The hell was that? Welcome back, everybody. Uh, for listeners, it has been two days since our last segment, and Nick and I just literally, what, maybe an hour ago? Maybe an hour and a half ago? Or no, not an roughly, hour and a half. Roughly. Yeah. I don't know what time yours was. I think yours was earlier. Mine's a little under an hour ago. Yeah. My, oh yeah, no, it's been an hour and a half. My show is at 6 o'clock, so... Um, we are currently taping just before 10 o'clock on Thursday, December 19th, and we have both seen, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, unlike Endgame, where we both are in the same room, uh, we couldn't pull that off this time, so we are Skyping like we have for every other review, but at the same time, we're gonna treat this virtually the same way we did with Endgame. Uh, I'm going to take two minutes to say my hot take, same with you, and then we're going to jump right into spoiler sections, guys. Like, this is going to be way more spoiler than not spoilers. Um, my quick hot take on the film, I've been thinking about it in the meantime, like waiting for you to get online, and I'll I'll keep it simple. I think the first hour of this film is kind of messy. I don't think it has particularly good writing. It gets better in the second hour, but some of the payoffs just – this is definitely the laziest script out of all the Star Wars films that we've seen. Um, and I'm not trying to sound hyperbolic or anything, but in this immediate reaction, I guess, like trying to 
compartmentalize it and think about this as rationally as I can. I think this is definitely one of the laziest Star Wars scripts ever. It's very obvious that this movie was kind of piecemealed together, like, without a roadmap. <laughs> there was no... <laughs> There was no cohesive direction that Kathleen Kennedy gave with trying to be the the producer of any of these films, as evident by J.J. did this, and then Rain Johnson said, screw that, let's do this, and now J.J. Abrams has to, like, oh, well, this is it, uh, let's do this, I guess. Um, this, but- this is the, like... Last Jedi was the one where you saw, oh, they don't, they don't really have an idea of where they're trying to go with this one or with this series. And this movie's the nail in the coffin of they didn't have a friggin' clue of what they wanted to do. Not it's, it's not quality wise, um, but story wise. Yeah. All over the place with what it does. And I, I mean, I saw it. I don't know. I really like, I don't know if I liked it. I don't know if I didn't like it. Um, Well, I can, I can finish my hot take with, I do overall like this movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, like I said, we'll go into spoilers here in just a minute. Um, I do have a lot of issues with certain things in the writing, but I, I do, I did overall like this movie, or at least when I left the movie, I liked it. Like maybe talking about it, certain things will revelate, but, um, I, I thought the acting was good. I think J.J. Abrams, uh, technical team, like everybody behind the camera, I think they've just had a home run like with episode seven i think the film looks gorgeous i think john williams did a great score again um i thought kylo somehow got unscathed really between all three films with clearly three different directions kylo ren had a great story arc um i i like daisy ridley's performance of ray even though i do want to kind of talk through the revelations that she goes through in the film um i I'm kind of disappointed with what ended up happening to Poe and um, Finn. Uh, I I get that they have like a buddy-buddy arc that they go through, but I think it's more of a disappointment in the broad scheme of like the trilogy. They kind of – they kind of wasted an opportunity to kind of do more with them. Um, this isn't a spoiler, but the fact that Palpatine is in this – we all know Palpatine is in this – I didn't really – I wasn't really bothered with the way that they used him in this. I kind of like the way that they did. I'll just leave it like that. Um, yeah, I just, I've got a question to ask you once we get to the spoiler part of this about Palpatine. Right. Because um, pretty early on I got the impression that he is a certain something, and I find that kind of strange. Okay. Um, the last thing I'll say is that, like – in terms of, like, satisfying this conclusion, like, this kind of piecemeal trilogy, I can't honestly say I was really that disappointed. Like, the way it ends up ending, I, I kind of bought into it. I, I don't think it's unsatisfying. I think there's a lot of overarching things, like, outside of the film that are very evident and are worth weighing into 
what will eventually be the legacy of this movie, which I think we're going to need some time to because I think the prequel trilogy has aged much better in well for two of the three films um, uh, than the initial reaction to it. Clearly, the original trilogy has aged better than its initial reaction because episode four was not received that well um, at the time. But I just I don't know. I'm ready to hear your thoughts on it on our scale. Right now, I'm giving this film a full pan just unabashedly. I'm going to give this film a full pan because I did genuinely enjoy once it finally got going with what it wanted to do, like, no, this movie does have a kind of bad screenplay, but I think everything else works well enough that this was enjoyable and satisfying enough. And, I mean, that sounds negative, but I... No, I just... Right now, I want to give this film a full pan because I did enjoy it. Um, Kind of like how I did enjoy Last Jedi, and I did enjoy the the force awakens i think overall this trilogy is again i guess this sounds more negative than i mean it to say it's good enough like the it's obviously bred from a corporate mindset i have accepted that that all these were born out of a corporate mindset but i think the films all in their own way stand out enough that they're enjoyable they don't really disrespect the origins that they came from, but at the same time, they kind of just linger in the shadows more than really kind of add to them. Like, they kind of just play with... They kind of just play with the pieces of, like, where they came from more than, like, take them and try to do something different. Which, I mean, credit to Last Jedi. Like, we're not talking about Last Jedi... I like that Last Jedi was the boldest out of these three films and wanted to, like, expand to do something different. The J.J. Abrams films, this one in The Force Awakens, honestly, they they kind of play it safe, but not to a disrespectful degree, but they play it safe in a way that, like, they work well enough. I don't really have that much bad to say I mean, there are a couple things I do want to nitpick, but I feel like I'm more kind of hair-splitting more than, like, really, like, having an issue with anything in the movies. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, sorry, critics, I'm a critic that actually kind of like this movie. Um, again, maybe we can do a reappraisal down the line, but right now, yeah, I like the, I like the Rise of Skywalker. Don't love it, but I like it. It's a pretty good movie in my book. Uh, I saw it. <laughs> really about the only kind of definitive thing I can say about it. Um, uh, when it ended, um, yeah, when it ended, I was sitting there and Kelsey looked over and apparently I was making a, uh, this makes me wish we had video capability for this, but Dan can see me. I was sitting there making this face. Listeners, like, this, <laughs> listeners, this looked like a kind of ponderous and confused face. Yeah, and I had that face for like five minutes straight. 
Because you sat through the um, you sat through the credits, right? I sat through the credits, but I was making that face like before it was actually over. Um, but yeah, I, I mean it tries. It tries different things. Um, well, okay, you say it tries different things. Um, it tries to completely ignore the last Jedi ever happened. Um. <laughs> yeah, it does a lot of stuff that it's. I don't. It's just. I don't really know what this movie's doing sometimes. Um, when it ended, uh, so. I've seen every single one of these movies in a theater, and every single Star Wars movie, when it comes out, the the lights go up, and it uh, when the credits start playing, you'll hear people be like, "Oh, it's incredible! It's great! You remember this part? Oh, it's so nice!" And this, that, you know, all this stuff is so cool, so great. Oh, I can't believe this happened. Or like Solo. Uh, Attack of the Clones, um, Last Jedi, all hear people like, I didn't really like them doing this, 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 this. Like, you'll hear people talk about the movie. Um, in this screening, this movie ended, and we all kind of sat there for like 15 seconds in complete silence, and then some people got up and left, and then. Uh, it's Star Wars. I knew there wouldn't be a post-credit scene. I just stayed there because I was trying to figure out if I liked the movie or not. I still really don't know if I did. Um, I told usually Dan and I talk for about fifteen minutes before we actually start the review, as long-winded as our reviews are. Um, I told Dan I was like, I don't want to talk about it at all unless we're recording because I think it's going to be entertaining to try and listen to me figure out if I like the movie or not. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, let's, I mean, do you want to, well, I already, I feel confident in my rating that I like this movie enough that I give it a full pan, but pers okay, here's the thing. Me personally, the fact that I don't know how I feel about it, it didn't make me excited. I will rule out a full pan. Um, I don't think this is complete garbage either, so I'll rule I'll rule out a cookie. I'll rule out a full pan with sprinkles. Um, I, I, as the movie was going along, I, I in the beginning, I, I was going to give this either a half pan or a full pan. Like I, I knew up, you know, at that point, I was like, all right, you know, it was, it was daring, it was different, it tried different things. Some a lot of them, a, a decent amount of them are working for me. Some of them not so much, but you know, okay. And then it gets to a certain point, and then I don't have a friggin' clue. Uh, once a certain set of things starts happening, um, I I. I I half pan. It's one of those movies where I'm like, it, it's fifty fifty so so. I think it's okay. I I don't think it's that. I I I think it's okay, but I don't think it's terrible. Um, to be honest with you, 
I'm thinking single brownie just because it gets so weird. It feels like they kind of just threw up their hands and went, just end it. Um, nothing's a struggle to sit through. Um, there's no, there's nothing that is really, I, that I didn't find it like insulting or spitting in the face of Star Wars, but they do, they take such strange choices with things that there are several moments in the movie where I find myself taken out trying to process what they're doing multiple times. Um, Is there any specifics that you want to like talk about, or like spoilers. do we need? A th- okay, I was gonna say if we're at that point, I mean, let's go ahead and say it then. Like, uh, well, I didn't, I didn't get my definitive from... rating, and I'm, try- well, I mean, I'm trying I... to get my definitive rating before. Honestly, okay, okay. okay. Well, honestly, I mean, it... I'm not, I'm not comfortable giving it a half pan. I really feel like. In order for me to definitively give it a half pan, I have to see it one or two more times. Um, and I'm not saying uh, once I see it one or two more times, I'll give it a half pan. I'm saying I have to watch the movie two, like one to two more times, and I'll definitely know if it's a half pan or not. My initial reaction after the first time watching it, I'm going to give it a single brownie. Uh, and to be completely honest with you, it was probably the most entertaining single brownie I've ever seen. Um, and it didn't really like drastically lose me until maybe the last 45 minutes to an hour of the movie. Wow. Okay. Um, a little bit of the opposite reaction I had, but let's, let's pause for a sec. It's a spoiler section from here on out. It is spoilers. Uh, guys, if you have not seen this movie yet, um, which by the time this comes out, hopefully a lot of you have, but if you haven't, if you've not seen this movie yet, pretty ballsy of you to be listening to a review of it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, spoilers from here on out. So with us now being in the spoilers section, I want to start real quick with my own question. I know you have one too. I have a okay. re- I have a very simple question. Um, I'm guessing compared to your question, what is a stupider name for um, a plot device is it from Avatar ten years ago in two thousand nine, the unobtainium within the Navi's planet, or is it uh, the object to find this said hidden planet of the Sith, the Sith Finder? I, I thought it was called a Sith Seeker. Sith Seeker, Sith Finder. Who? Well, here's can't? okay. Here's here's why it's unobtainium. <laughs> Because the Sith Seeker or Sith Finder, actually, its name does its job. Unobtainium is ob- is obtainable, therefore its name is wrong. That's a stupider name. Okay, I'm going to agree with you, but I don't want to ignore the fact that... I will say it's a pretty stupid name. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to ignore the fact that that is one of the laziest stupid names to ever come out of the Star Wars lore. Like... Yeah. Oh my God! Well, what it's is funny that? When they when it first came up, I was like, "Oh, cool, a Sith holocron." 
I've played Star Wars video games a bunch. I just figured that's what it was. And then they're like, uh, no, it's actually a completely different thing. I mean, it looked the same. Um, Dude, it <laughs> literally is a device. It is a GPS specifically designed to find exactly only one location. Like, yeah, it's so stupid. Like, okay. I... Uh, we can dive into it a little more, like, other things that are very, very lazy with the writing in this movie, but, like, <laughs> I I just wanted to ask you right off the bat just, like, how dumb that name was, because that honestly really, really bugged me. Just, like, come on, guys. Chris Terrio's won an Oscar for writing Argo, and J.J. Abrams was a co-creator of Lost. That was the most creative thing you could think of. Like, you have a very isolated, specific GPS that... Right off the bat, at the very start of this movie, Kylo Ren just happens to have, because we don't know how much time went between The Last Jedi and this, and he happens to stumble upon the planet where um, the big reveal is that, no, General Snoke didn't actually mean anything. I've been pulling the strings the whole time, and I have been in your head, and I have been in your head. I am all of the Sith Lords. It's just like, wow, okay. That's kind of a lot to take in at once. Like, <laughs> so, so you're leading me into my question. Okay, uh, what's your, is, sorry, what's your question? Is Palpatine Star Wars God? He kind of is. Like, when you... <laughs> yeah, like, like, dude, I was, like, at a certain point, I was just like, he's Star Wars God... Well, that's, Why well, is Star Wars God evil? Well, he's kind of fulfilling the prophecy of um, Darth Tyrannus, really. Like, because, I mean, now that I have Star Wars Episode Three relatively fresh in my head, he's kind of fulfilled what Darth Tyrannus couldn't. He came back from the dead. Darth Plagueis. Or Plagueis, not Tyrannus. Sorry, that's Dooku's name, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, what prophecy was that? <laughs> My dad. Like pro- the no. prophecy, <laughs> the prophecy of just being really like super civilized. The the prophecy of bringing Christopher Lee back into our lives, which God, if any actor should come back, like I would love to have another Christopher Lee movie. Um, but anyway, yeah. no Darth Plagueis, he really like just fulfilled what Darth Plagueis couldn't do, or didn't try, or couldn't try to do. Um. Because he says it, the dark side, you can't, or how did he say it exactly? Some of the powers of the dark side, people oh, find. Oh, the dark side uh, leads to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural. The li- there are so many lines that he's read from other movies. Well, he is also hooked up to a life support machine, by the way, so he kind of didn't technically pull it off all the way. Like, well... <laughs> I that I don't okay I do not have a problem really with Palpatine being back just because yeah dude you you established it in episode three the dark side of the force can really make some just incredibly weird stuff happen um, I'm okay with him having survived because something that they show when Ray gets on the Death Star uh, all those stormtrooper like helmets and the armor laying around. The first thing that popped in my head was, oh, that's disgusting that the bodies have decayed to the point where you can't even see a skeleton or any bodies. It's just their armor. 
Um, but right. And I'm, and I'm not saying that I dislike Palpatine this film. I do. I do honestly kind of like that Palpatine. Again, I, in, this, just get, in this weird, I'm just getting at, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, his body not have being destroyed or dissolved in the explosion of the Death Star. I can handle that, you know, maybe as far enough from the explosion that, you know, chunks, the chunk he was on was pretty <laughs> unaffected. And then his, his, uh, his minion people found his corpse <laughs> And then they use technology in the force to bring him back to life. Kind of a stretch. Not the weirdest stuff that happens in this movie, well, which is kind of saying something. But well, no, if, if I'm okay with him being in it, I'm okay with them being like, yeah, he was pulling all the strings the entire time. That's okay. Uh, frankly, that is the first big thing that they do that basically says, yeah screw the last jedi we got put into a corner that we don't really want to be in in this movie so just go with us even though it's kind of a stretch it we're gonna make it work yeah and they i mean they try to make it work i'm not entirely sure if they do but palp i'm okay with palpatine being in this movie um, it's, it doesn't seem as bizarre as when he showed up in the first trailer where it was like what is he doing um but right like it's i it goes back to, like i said is he star wars god um he is the epitome of the sith like and i kind of like that like i as much as i was kind of poking fun at him a little bit like yes that's just part of how kind of lazy and kind of haphazard this script kind of feels like it was put together like i think reading this script would have just been a laugh riot just like no way, you guys are really going to make this movie. But through Ian McDermott's performance... This script, honestly, a lot of the stuff in the script feels like they smoked a lot of weed and just went, dude, hear me out, what if this happened? And they're like, put it in. And then the script got greenlit. Dude, I don't even think that. Like, I really genuinely think that, like, because there were four writers on this movie, like Colin Trevorrow of Jurassic World had a draft of this, um... I can't remember the third person's name, but uh, Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams took the first and second and I guess their third drafts of like the story and then ended up making the actual like screenplay. Because there is a difference between a screenplay and a story treatment, and Colin and the other guy had their own treatments of it, and then Chris and J.J. had their treatment, and I guess they kind of, I guess, blendered all of them together or just kind of gave Colin and the other guy just, like, token credits just because of guild reasons. But um, I just... I can broaden this a little bit. I mean, we can keep nitpicking some certain things in it. I just want to make a statement, like, a broad statement that the first hour of this movie, it's really weird. It never felt like we were just kind of dropped into something as kind of jarringly as this film did. Like, yeah, you are not eased into this story at all. It's it's going like if a hundred percent. Okay, if if going a hundred miles an hour is the fastest that this movie can uh, can go, it drops you in about going about ninety five. Like, dude, it just is like the beginning of the movie. I actually liked where they show Kylo Ren murdering innocent people um but again I, as we've talked about in our recaps 
I like I like Kylo Ren, and I like the de- his development through the movies. Where you know, Darth Vader in four, five, and six, he doesn't really get darker. I mean, they develop his character to where you understand more of him, but he doesn't descend more. Um, Count Dooku, kind of same thing. Darth Maul only in one movie, except he shows up in Solo because fan service the movie. Um, but Kylo kind of descends into darkness in this movie, and I I like that you can see in this movie where it's like, yeah, at this point in his life, he's just like, what's the goal? Let's do the goal. Uh, I don't care what the cost is, and yeah, I I like the development of Kylo at the beginning. Um, that's uh, part part of that is and that kind of leans to my rating. I see a lot of good things in this movie. Just a lot of other kind of decisions, especially towards the end. Uh, they get weird. Uh, I this is the weirdest Star Wars movie I've ever seen, and by a lot. Well, that's like I, you were talking about. This is the laziest Star Wars movie, like script story thing you've seen since. I don't know the terminology, but you said this was the laziest one of those. For me, this is the most strange. Well, I... By a mile. I want to briefly just kind of, like, just make one last point that, like, in terms of us kind of getting thrown into this and, like, again, just ignoring episode eight, the fact that the very opening crawl, which, yes, I get we're half an hour into this and I'm just now talking about the crawl... The very first line of the opening crawl is, the dead can speak. Palpatine is alive. It's just like, oh, you didn't want to save that for later in the movie? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, okay, well, they blew they blew their load in the commercial, so I guess they're like, eh, we don't have to like hide the fact he's in this movie. Well, there's um, also, there's also like the fact that that's automatically established, um, like that Palpatine is the bad guy. Um, we don't get a single thing about the potential of, like, a complete rise of brand-new Jedi that just all are connected through the Force or Metachlorians or however the hell they want to think they're connected now. Like, because they say Force energy instead of Metachlorians in this movie. Like They're connected via Skype. Yeah. <laughs> they ignore that. They completely ignore Rose. She's literally, like, not in this movie except for, like, two minutes. But I like the stuff that she does when she's in it. Like she's not she's not as poorly written in this movie as she like Dude, her character's is... written so stupidly in the last movie, but she's actually written pretty like I like her character in this movie and I hated her in the last one. She has nothing to do in this movie. Like they literally just are like, "Oh my god, fans hated her in the last film. Uh, let's have her literally like basically do nothing except talk to Poe at the very end in the last battle." To which, by the I know, way, it's great. well, okay, clearly you hated her more than I did. Like, <laughs> it's just weird for me to see a character that gets so much screen time. Again, I'm not saying it's good screen time, but like, dude, she's Disney's Jar Jar, except Disney Disney just reacted much more immediately. They're like, yeah, we got to tone this down. But I want to segue that into who the hell does Poe love in this movie? Like, or not Poe? BB-8. Uh, no, not Poe, sorry. Um, who the hell does um, Finn love in this movie? Because, 
Okay, he never gets to say that to her. And he's got a thing with the random chick that shows up that was also a deserter. Like, oh my god, match made in heaven. Or do we think? And then... Or he... is he clapping Poe's cheeks? Right, okay, not not Poe. Hold on. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, if we want to go that way, does he have a real bromance with Poe? Does he love this new Stormtrooper deserter? Does he still love... uh, What's-her-face? Who made out in the last moment of The Last Jedi. And then we have a moment also where... What about Chewbacca? Does he love Chewbacca? I think he loves Chewbacca. No, he's not into bears. Um, <laughs> uh, that's not a bear. That's a male. <laughs> but, like, when they're about to die in, like, the whatever quicksand, Ray, I have to tell you something. But then there's no payoff for that. Like, I'm so sad that really thin... There's such a great establishment and potential for him to be a really interesting character and have just as great an arc that uh, that Kylo gets. And then they're just kind of like, meh, nah, we're not going to do anything with him. Like, And, and that, that's what I was talking about, where this movie really just drives home the nail or drives the nail in the coffin of they didn't know what they wanted in this trilogy. You've got a character that you literally in your wrap-up finale movie have like – five love love lines with and you're just like we're not going to eliminate any of them they literally had no idea what to do with Finn. i that that is the most evident in all of this the fact that yeah i i just and the fact that also poe like to get off my soapbox on finn like i don't have anything else to say other than i just feel bad that finn had nothing to do in this trilogy really like he didn't get any emotional payoff one way or the other. He he wasn't the final blow against the resistance. He didn't get to tell Ray he loved her. He didn't get to tell uh uh the other girl that he loved her. Like they had no idea what to do with him. And it was such a waste of John Boyega's talent. Um Poe I mean, I guess Poe is kind of the Han Solo in this, but like he doesn't really have that impactful of an Han arc. Solo's the Han Solo in this. Well, okay, we we can talk about that when we talk about Kylo, because I do want to talk about Kylo's arc more in detail. But Poe, his arc is just kind of weird. Like, he's just kind of the Solo in the first film. The second film, he's the reckless guy that has to deal with the ramifications of his actions, which does more or less work in Last Jedi. But then in here, again, the first hour of this movie... Kind of doesn't really know what to do with him until Leia dies, which, by the way, she kind of just dies in the middle of this movie for no apparent reason. And he's got to take it on himself to now be the general. Not a bad way to end his story, but it doesn't quite feel that fulfilling. Like, I don't know. It It's not quite as wasted as Finn, but it's kind of, yeah, like kind of half-assed i guess the best way to put it like i don't know do you have any thoughts on poe or finn no uh no i mean the, <laughs> the finn st- again dude i actually liked the first hour okay uh, let's well let's go into that the fin the fin the fin stuff i do have a problem with the fact that you can't get a clear read of like who he likes 
Um, Poe, I didn't have, like, any real issues with Poe stuff. Um, what, well, uh, what I find funny is you – this is something that you've done on a lot of reviews, but I think it really sticks out in this one. You give – you will give movies a lot of crap for a lot of stuff, and then you're, like, full pan. Well, I – it's, like I'm just as a as an outside observer, it's kind of weird that you're like, I don't like this, 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 I don't like this. Second highest rating I can give it. Like, well, the second hour of the film is what saved this movie for me. I said in the very beginning, I, I think the first hour of this film the is a problem. Second hour is what damns this movie for me. Well, I, not even damns, but just purgatories it, where it's like, I, it it happened. I think the second hour of this film is really, really good. I just think it has a real hot mess of a first hour, like, just trying to reestablish, like... I, my my big complaint of the first hour is... Uh, and I liked it for it. I, it's actually something I really liked about it, but you are not eased into it. Like, the fir- in the first hour, the first 20 minutes are kind of the roughest, where it's like... Holy crap, please slow down a little bit and let me catch my breath and just process what I've seen so far. Um Oh no, I agree. The well, I think it exp- yeah, I think it expands the whole first it's, hour, it's but ve- it's very similar to that complaint we had with Rogue One where it's like, man, they just jump everywhere they jump all over the place in the first hour of this movie. Oh, this makes Rogue One and, and like gra- even granted, better. Like granted, compared to it's this. supposed to sh- like the first half hour is supposed to show like Kylo Ren's like journey to get to, I don't even remember what they call the Sith planet, but it's supposed to show him trying to get there. And then like once he gets there, it slows down a little bit, but it's still going 100 miles an hour. But yeah, man, I don't have I don't have a lot of issues with Poe or Finn. Like, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's okay. Like that was the thing that I I had with the first hour of the movie was it really was okay to borderline good. And then it gets to where it just starts getting nuts, and I'm like, yeah, you're taking me out of the movie pretty hard. Okay, well, um, do we want to just dive in right then now to, like, I get, I don't know, I, I guess I can let you dive into the next talking point. Like, where, uh, where did it start uh, kind of more definitively going one way or the other for you, like, in the second hour? I started noticing, like, big swings at risks uh with when uh like the okay when they go to the planet that's having the festival the uh in last jedi i like that they don't abandon this thing because i actually really did like this in last jedi when uh kylo and ray are like have a telepathic bridge um I, I like that they kept that because I did like that in Last Jedi. I, I it love, gets I love weird. that kind of weird. It yeah. gets well, like in that movie, it's like okay, he got water on him, and he could see where she was, but he got water on him. Like that's kind of the extent, and it was kind of weird, and it only happened one time. This time, Kylo Ren yanks a necklace off her and then has it on the ship. It's like you're not even in the same system. That's kind of a stretch, but I'll go with like a lot of this movie is okay. You're reaching, 
but I will go with it because you're t- you're taking this movie in a new direction. You're taking this in a new direction. I like a lot of the like addition to like the lore, especially the Sith lore, because the Sith you you I don't want to say learn. You see a lot of stuff involving the Sith in this movie. Um, but anyway, like th- I started noticing really big risks, like the Palpatine thing. We've had almost a whole year to get used to that based on whenever the trailer came out. But, yeah, that one was kind of a uh, – was the first one I was like, all right, I'll go with you on it. And then when, uh, like, Palpatine's like, she's not who you think she is. Okay, we all knew that was coming because we knew Disney would not be like, yeah, she's a nobody. Uh, yeah, they're going to not stick with that because they built that up way too much in Episode 7 to have that just thrown away. Um so I was like, okay, I'll go with I'll go with you on that. The big time where I started noticing, like, all right, this is going kind of weird. Uh, I pointed out in Last Jedi that Rey was a really bad Jedi because she, I was like, yeah, she lets her anger and rage and hate get in front of her a lot. Um, yeah, it's because she's got Sith in her blood because when she's trying to stop that. Uh, uh, trying to stop that cruiser thing from getting away. She uses force lightning on accident, which can only be used by Sith, and it, really, it's only been shown to be used by, uh, well, uh, Count Dooku, but Emperor Palpatine. So I was like, okay, she's a Sith, and it wouldn't be totally shocking if she was Palpatine because that's his for like his most popular force power, um, and she is his granddaughter. Sorry for jumping in front to that, but once it starts kind of like doing stuff like that, like dude, when they blow up that cruiser and you think Chewbacca's dead for like five minutes, I was like, wow. Now I see where you're going with, we took big leaps on this. Um, and I was, that was another thing was like, okay, I'll go with it. It works. And then, Like, I'll go with that. And then when she, when they go to, uh, Jim, what the, Jimino, Jim, Jimini, Jimini, is it Jimini? Is that what it was called? Gemini? Uh, uh, I, I, sorry, Kijimi, I don't. <laughs> Kajimo? Uh, what? the snowy planet. Let's, um, let's, let's call it Gemini Man? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I, I don't remember. They made another planet, planet out of another planet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're a planet made from another planet <laughs> but when they're on there and or, or like when i don't like dude there's a lot of stuff where i'm like i'll go with you i'll go with you i'll go with you like the stuff with c-3po where he reads the sith dagger and he's like yeah but i can't translate it, it goes against my protocol so now we have to go find this one guy like uh that's another thing in the first hour of this felt movie really forced that's just so he something about c3po in the first hour of this movie just like they really leaned into him just being like that annoying just maybe like maybe it's because well like okay he's so smart but he's socially he's awkward not that, and well, doesn't know when to shut up like he's never been so that well, annoying Han, 
Han Solo got his big, you know, moment where you know he's going to die. Luke, you got his big moment, you know he's going to die. We kind of get that with Leia in this movie, but we, I mean, not uh, as big no, we, he died suddenly. No, we don't. But, she literally just drops out of nowhere in the middle of the movie. Like, <laughs> it is so Anthony, awkward. Anthony Daniels was like the one original cast member where it's like, you don't really get your goodbye scene with him. He's an android. Um, Why should we? I don't know. But, um... Yeah, like, his his thing about not translating the dagger, also, they're, the whole thing about them finding the dagger. Um, but, anyway, Rey is a really bad Jedi in this movie. Uh, like, she is constantly getting angry and letting her rage take over. Uh, but I was, I, was, I was okay with that, because I was like, okay, she's not been trained. Uh, they established Leia actually had Jedi training in this. I was cool with that. Um, I actually like that addition because I was like, at some point they, she had to have acknowledged it after Return of the Jedi. Um, Well, yeah, like we, it's established that she was in tone enough with the Force that she could save herself from death in outer space. So why wouldn't after the the Death Star is destroyed and there's peace in the galaxy and she knows that she's Luke's brother? How is that outside of the realm of possibility that she would try to learn to at least be an okay, if not good, Jedi? Like, I love yeah. everything about that, like, of the very few things that carried over from Last Jedi. Like, I, I, I'm completely on board with the fact that Leia would have learned the ways of the Force from yeah. Luke. Who else would you – would be a better uh, master or at least kind of partner than your own brother who – turn vader back into a good guy and save the galaxy like that's kind of cool i just don't like the fact that like she dies just in the middle of the movie and they couldn't figure out a i it's okay that's a little harsh i guess but so so something that kind of kind of i feel like we gotta uh we're gonna have to start talking about it with uh her dying because it involves kylo's one of two death scenes um I, by the way, this is where the movie does get a full pan for me. You kind of alluded to it with Ray. I disagree with you. I think Ray's arc is fantastic in this film, and I Ray's Ray's arc is fan is is good. I'm not saying it's not, but it it, it not suffers, but it is one of the bigger things where it's like, okay, I'll go with you, but this I will have I will acknowledge. This is a stretch. I I disagree, and I will rebuttal with you after we talk about this other top other point. Because I love Ray's arc in this. I love Kylo's arc in this. Like I said before, like I think Kylo managed to get out unscathed and actually had a great overall story between the three films. Um, but so, uh, back to what you were trying to say. So back to what I was going to say. This movie is, and I mean. Spoiler alert for The Mandalorian. We were already in spoilers, and I'm pretty sure if you saw this movie, you watched The Mandalorian last night. In The yes, Mandalorian, the show... By, by the way, listeners, yes, I am caught up. I watched episode six and seven last night, so yes, I know what Nick is talking about. In The Mandalorian last night, they show Baby Yoda use uh, force healing. They establish it in, this, in the universe before this movie, so... I mean, yeah, kind of last minute before this movie... But it is established that to be in this universe. Also, in like every Star Wars video game where you're a Jedi, they have force healing. Um, 
to this ex- to okay. this extent though like was it like i guess yeah i guess if you want to like i don't know that's a whole nother discussion that i guess we should save for the next marvel film about like how in tune with disney plus you need to be before you see a movie that's a whole nother sorry not trying to but get I, so far I, off topic I, but in in video games it's introduced i'm okay with it in this movie for like when she heals the sand lizard thing um after that it gets a little far-fetched where when <laughs> okay when uh she's fighting kylo and she stabs him a couple things one when it happened um <laughs> when she stabs him i like right before that like the way she was fighting again she's she's bad at being a jedi I'm not saying she's a bad character. She's just bad at being a Jedi because, dude, she does not control her emotions very well. Um, but there's a there's a purpose to that. There is a purpose to that. She is yes, still a Jedi yes. in training. She no, obviously, dude, it's because she's it's because she's so hardcore Sith. Well, she obviously can't let go of this baggage, where apparently, like, she just doesn't want to accept whatever happened to her parents, like. They, she was abandoned. She can't let that go. She's had to scavenge and like make a life of her own, like from nothing. She can't let that resentment go, and she just doesn't want to hear who they are, just because it doesn't matter. She hates who they are, and the fact that she's a Palpatine, and Palpatine and Kylo want to manipulate her to use that hate to expand her Sith side of her rather than the jedi side of her where you let it go you're technically emotionless and you just go the jedi way or the sith way where you're overly emotional you cry over everything you hate sand versus the jedi where you're at peace with everything and the world is all interconnected together through just this kind of uh uh the buddhist kind of um oh what's the word uh the enlightenment you reach that level She's in that in-between, but she is so powerful, and she is so raw, though. That's the thing. She is so raw that, like, yeah, she's strong, but she hasn't figured out the way to harness it to become the most powerful that she can. And I kind of like that that kind of carried over into all three of these films, too. Like, of all the things that, like, somehow (laughs) stopped at this film or that film. We're getting really distracted from what my point was, though. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to throw out there that I actually loved Ray's arc. Sorry. You're good. We have that established now. Um, so, <laughs> when like, before that happened, I was like, okay, they're going to kill Kylo here. Because when the, as that fight's happening, I was like, dude, she's swinging hard. Like, exhaustingly hard. And uh, I also was like, I don't remember seeing Kylo in any scenes in the trailers after like we've seen all his scenes up to this point um and i was like okay they're gonna kill him here and then she stabs him and i was like all right he's dead um okay and then uh at that time the reason that like he he kind of like uh stutters for a second because uh leia reaches out to him and he's like mom and then uh she and then ray stabs him 
and then she just like sits down next to him as he's like because she's like oh my god leia's dead and she's like i have to save him he's the last of the skywalkers and then she like puts her hand on him and does the force heal thing i was like man okay now you're using it as a crutch to where you're just making it so people can't die until you just are like all right let's let them die um and then what? i liked kylo's use of it to save ray and the th- the thing that i had a hard time with me and kelsey were talking about it in the car the why because after that point uh kylo sees uh han solo and they they basically redo the bridge scene and uh kylo throws his lightsaber into the ocean and basically like renounces his his sithness uh he does not get down with the sithness anymore um he does not oh, wow. <laughs> yeah so um but when uh when they're in this kind of sith castle thing on that planet um and he force heals her after his talk with han solo you know he says like your son is dead and he goes no kylo ren's dead but i was talking with kelsey on the way back and she goes you know why he died right and i was like well, I think it's one of two things, and the way she said it is one way that I thought it was, was, you know, what Palpatine did took so much of his life force out of him that, you know, uh, when his, what his mom gave him helped boost him or something, uh, and then he transferred that to save her, and then it took so much out of him, he died. I was like, or it's uh, the quote-unquote, your son is dead thing. And then he was force projecting like Luke was in Last Jedi, and then it took so much out of him, then he died and, and disappeared. I'm not really sure what happened, but he's dead now, and doing force heal is what killed him. But I as soon as soon as he transferred it into her, and then he like he like uh, uh, and he starts falling back. I just went, just do the same thing to him, and he's fine. Like they well, use it as a crutch through. A lot of the movies like just use it on him and he'll live, and then it's like okay, I guess he's dead. I I don't um, think I don't think it's that big of an issue. Like before, because we had a little bit of time before we got on mic. Like I, yeah, I was hearing a couple other people's thoughts on this. I'm and I'm not like outraged on it. Like it's like oh, this ruins the movie. But I was like, you use it as a crutch. Like no, you use I it, don't. You use it like the Superman trope where it's like he's literally indestructible and now I have a hard time getting invested into these things because it's like they're not going to die because it's them. I I kind of – I'm kind of okay with it the more I've thought about it. Like the way yeah, that I – mean, It's okay. It's I mean it's not as bad where it's like, yeah, they're just indestructible. But I was like, yeah, now I get well, why it was never introduced into the movies because now it just becomes a crutch for like, all right, this person's not going to die until we just are like – that's it. We got to get rid of him. We're just not going to use force healed this time. Well, the force the force has clearly been inconsistent in every single trilogy. Like the force was just the force in the original. The force is actually just metachlorians in the prequels, and then they don't know. In what this the- one, the force is whatever you want it to be. Oh yeah, they don't know what the hell the force is in this film or in this trilogy. <laughs> like, yeah. but I. I- I don't really find that big of an inconsistency with how it works. Like, the fact that she probably only, to me, she only probably needed a little bit of it to heal a snake. And then I honestly can kind of buy that she, in the heat of the battle, 
could summon enough of the Force to save Kylo after their fight on the Death Star. I can buy that. To which then, after Palpatine literally takes like 90% of their life force to revive himself and get off that life support machine. the weirdest Force power demonstration this series has ever seen. I... Again, the second hour of the film, I don't have a problem with. Like, I kind of love everything about the big final battle and the big confrontation with Palpatine. And I kind of like that, at that point, both of them are so depleted. And I kind of like that it ended up being the noble sacrifice and that final redemption for Kylo Ren to save his cousin. Technically, isn't she his cousin? Technically, or uh, oh, no, 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 no. sorry yes. no 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 sorry no 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 well Cause... i mean palpatine's technically anakin's dad is he is that established okay actually i take that back it's a deleted scene never mind but like there is an alternate scene where he tells anakin you can consider me your father because he admits he manipulated me but that's it's an alternate scene that didn't make the movie so it's technically not canon so never mind but ew i'm actually really yeah. glad that's not canon that's kind of icky i don't like that yeah it wouldn't be the first time incest hit this series um not go- okay well not gonna lie the first time like well obviously like two hours ago when i saw that scene like i forgot to separate just like i did now that they are not cousins and so my first thought was oh my god literal kissing cousins but obviously that's well, not the real case like What's you're talking about? Like your initial thoughts on the ending. I remember um, when she is on the Death Star before the lightsaber fight with Kylo Ren started. I actually thought I was like, you know what? End the movie dark. I dare you. Because you're doing a lot of crazy twists and turns and kind of nuts stuff that's not the norm for Star Wars. Have evil win to end this trilogy. I want to see what you would do with that. Like. I wanted her to kill Kylo, and then she goes to uh, Palpatine. She kills him, and she takes her pl- and because she can't control her emotions, and she's so angry, and she's the new Sith, and the Sith win. Um, well, Rain Johnson didn't, didn't direct this film, so obviously that wasn't going to happen. Like <laughs> Rain Johnson didn't direct this, so it wasn't just ridiculous. It wasn't infuriating every single thing that happened. Um, but yeah, so. I mean, I was okay with a lot of that. I was okay with when Han was talking with him. Um, I love that Han. Uh, dude, I love that Han came back. I wasn't that crazy that Mark Hamill came back. He kind of seemed like he was phoning it in a little bit, especially with that line that was an obvious dig at The Last Jedi when Mark Hamill was just like, you have to respect a Jedi weapon more than that. Like, okay, he might as well have literally just flipped off the camera. Like... <laughs> At that point, like, come well, on. The the other thing, too, with the the Han thing, I, I liked Han coming back and talking to Kylo, and I liked Kylo renouncing and becoming Ben again. That's fine. Um, oh, yeah, that was that was great. I love that scene. I and, you know, the stuff that you're talking about with Mark Hamill, I. Um, I, I. How to word it. I like that Ray when she goes to confront Palpatine there's that scene where they have all the Jedi talking. I I like that, you know, they I saw it in the credit. I heard it in the scene, but I watched it in the credits. 
Hayden Christensen is credited with having lines in this movie as you know one of the as one of the Jedi goes. I like that they basically bring every major Jedi uh, actor back in to do voice work for that scene. A, I will say a complaint yeah, that, that I had was there were several there were several opportunities to have Hayden in the movie that they didn't take. Um, like at the end of the movie when she's like, uh, "I'm Ray Skywalker," she looks over and she sees. Uh, uh, she sees uh, Leia and she Mark. She sees Luke and she sees Leia. I think she could have seen Hayden. Um, stop! When stop Kylo... defending Hayden. <laughs> I'm not defending Hayden. I'm saying they're talking about the Skywalker lineage of Jedi's. It started with Anakin. He could. He. I'm not saying he should have. He could have been in that scene, and it, I think it would have worked. The scene where. Uh, and uh not anakin kylo is talking to or like kind of like praying or uh whatever to the darth vader helmet i would have liked kind of like a cryptic message where it's not like just he has his hand on it and then hayden's like listen you got all this wrong and this is why and this is why you need to not be doing this i would have liked if you could have seen like the conflicted message of anakin trying to get through but Darth Vader taking over because it was Darth Vader's helmet, but like the the conflicted, I would have liked something like that with Hayden, and they didn't give me that. Um, I I I'm, I mean frust- this, I- I'm frustrated with how they could because something that they they do in these movies is they they try and make kind of a more sweeping arc through all the stories. And I, I really wish they would have put more effort into doing that because if you would combine Darth Vader with Anakin, I think it would really work for for Kylo in that. And they just don't take that opportunity. And frankly, I feel like that would have been a really good way to finish his arc where he suddenly gets realizes, I've had this wrong. I was being manipulated this whole time. And like the crack is the crack is already there, but the crack is made bigger by Anakin and Darth Vader arguing with one each other, trying to get through to Kylo. And Kylo's like, "Wait, maybe there may there was good in Darth Vader. Maybe he maybe uh, for the brief time when he was you know evil, that was just him kind of screwing up." And they don't take advantage of that. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Hayden Christensen's amazing and he should have been in this movie. I'm saying it could have been better character development had they had that in the movie. Okay, hearing that pitch all the way through, apologies for interrupting. Um, it's fine, I'm used to it. It's not It's not a bad idea, but I'm okay with... I know, because with... it's, it's an idea someone had that Disney didn't put in one of their movies. Of course it's a good idea. <laughs> it's an o- well okay oh, calm down it's an okay idea i like that han... that was sarcasm by the way <laughs> i like that han was the reason that he finally came out of it like the fact that he was carrying this guilt all the way from episode seven and han was able to convince him that you're okay <laughs> that, you don't that, have to nah, keep doing good, this bro. You don't have to keep doing this. You are still Ben. You can still get away and fix all of this. I he basically honestly... te- te- like finally drives the point home. The only time it's too late to try and turn things around is when you're dead. 
I think, honestly, that's more emotional of a payoff than if Hayden kind of came into it because there's – I'm talking but, – but if I were to have Hayden, it would have been before that. Like I would have left the Han scene the same, but earlier in the movie I would have had Hayden and Darth Vader cause more conflict in him. But then he's just coming in out of nowhere like because he – I don't know. I feel like that would have been more jarring than – like, unless he was in episode seven, like, I feel like at this point, three films in, it would have been more jarring to just, like, at this point, now he actually can talk to his grandfather instead of, like, this hero worshipping that had been established in the other two films that, like... That's where it would have gone too far for you with all the crazy crap they do in this movie? This movie is not as crazy as Last Jedi. I I don't find this yeah, film that crazy. No, I don't. I think it's I think it's kind of haphazardly written in the first hour, but the second hour of the film I actually thought was pretty good. Like once it finally zeroes in on the the finale of the arc of Rey and Kylo, and honestly the big grandiose finale of like taking down the resistance or taking down the first order. Like I do really genuinely love the last hour of this movie, and I think Rey and Kylo have great payoffs. Since they are clearly the main focus of this, like, I mean, in terms of writing, but also in terms of, like, clearly everybody behind the I, camera well, doesn't give well, a crap about the supporting characters. Like, <laughs> spe- speaking speaking of the last hour and the one of the things I had issues with was, like, the level of the telepathy that they have. Um, when Ray takes the lightsaber and sticks it behind her back and then Kylo just gets it is really strange. Um, Honestly, I, I was I, like, I, I literally remember just thinking, I was like, all right, that's just convenient for that to happen for them so that he can live. Dude, I um, honestly, I honestly the, thought that telepathy was pretty cool. Like the fact that their that their bond got that strong, I honestly thought that was kind of cool. It's a stretch, but I'll go with it. Um, the, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm dude. I'm serious. I said that to myself a lot in this movie. Where, frankly, this movie really feels like – this movie really feels like a large reaction of of The Last Jedi doing things that because it didn't work, they said, oh, crap, we got to undo a lot of this stuff. Well, not undo, just ignore. Well, whatever, but like – I mean, Luke Skywalker's lightsabers or Anakin Skywalker's fixed somehow. Um, oh, I will. Okay, oh, actually, actually, one thing I do want to point out is yeah. something that's neat. At the end of the movie, Ray's lightsaber is yellow, and that's actually pretty popular in a lot of video games. You don't. I don't. I can't think of a time we've seen a yellow lightsaber in this movie series yet. So that was neat. But yeah, um, dude, back literally to the, never to the end of it, like. I find it weird that um, the Emperor's plan is weird to me. I want to rule the galaxy, so what I'll do is I'll just blow up a bunch of planets. He's going to blow up all the planets that have any sign of a resistance. Like, he's kind of... Just pulling. I didn't a, get a that from him. I got. I got. We're gonna blow up all the planets. He so wants, literally, no one can oppose us because there's gonna be no one. 
Well, no, I didn't take it as that. He, I think he literally just wants complete galactic domination and just on a much larger macro scale, just like any semblance of a resistance, we are going to destroy those planets and then all the other planets, because it's a galaxy, like thousands upon thousands of planets, theoretically, like you squash those couple of bugs and then I will rule the rest of them. Like, I didn't, I, I thought, um, the, oh, I, oh, another thing that comes up late in the movie that just, Hux being the spy. Oh, okay. Yes, I do have a problem is with Is the most Fini- obvious twist this movie has. Dude, when he says, I don't want you to win. I just want Kylo to lose. Is it just because he threw you around like a ragdoll a couple times like <laughs> yeah Dude, that was he, kinda... he just doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't like kylo because he's like always oh, an immature overly emotional brat and it's like so are you he but he he yeah, thinks dude, like he... as soon as as soon as they go there's a spy in the first order i was like all right cool tucks because snoke's not there and uh kylo took over and he feels like hux and hux feels like he should have took over um, I, yeah, as, I when they imagine. shoot him, I went, oh, thank God when he died. I never really liked Hux that much. And I found him, I found him less annoying in this movie, but just like, he's just convenient for the movie's sake a lot of times. Um, but they couldn't, they couldn't figure out what to really do with him either. Like, was he comic relief? Was he I supposed to be actually evil? I think a character that they wrote and they're like, we'll figure it out. And then Ryan Johnson, like went the direction they didn't want with him and they're like we don't know what to do with him now because we can't undo what happened right um, um i do but, want to or sorry finish your thought i'm sorry i see like the end of the movie is when it starts getting insane after kylo renounces the sith is when it starts really getting bonkers they decide that they have to go to this planet and uh or Ray's like uh, Ray essentially renounces the face. She's like, I've seen. I, I'm I'm going to take the throne, and so what I'll do is I'll just stay here, like you did, Luke. And looks like I made a mistake. It was a bad idea, and fear kept me here. And so she then goes to the planet to confront Palpatine. Meanwhile, the rest of the resistance is going to try and blow up the like the giant army that's been amassed. Lando goes with Chewie to go to get as many fighters as possible and the battle's going bad and eventually a bunch of fighters come in and the tide the tide of the battle changes but a lot of the crazy stuff is happening with palpatine um one apparently it's a sith ritual and he's like yeah all the sith will pass from he's like i'm all the sith and, and when you kill me i'll pass that into you and then you'll be all the sith and that was okay if they're gonna do that with the jedi where it's you know with the jedi it was more of you know a thousand generations like the teachings live with you i didn't take it to literally mean there is a thousand generations of souls inside of you like that's kind of bizarre um but so then he's like yeah do that and then uh kill me and you'll be the sith and then so she goes like she's gonna kill him in the ceremony and instead uh, telepathically gives Kylo Ren, or I'm sorry, Ben Solo, 
Anakin's thing, Anakin's lightsaber. So then he starts killing all the Knights of Ren. Um, and then she pulls out Leia's lightsaber. And then uh, she kills all of his guards. And then Ben and her in the same place. And then the Emperor, who's supposed to be really weak, but holy crap, is he good with the Force? Uh, like You can be physically like, weak and still be in tune with the Force. And then he's like, all right. So now uh, you guys are both super strong, and it's crazy how strong you are. I'm just going to suck the life out of you, and then he becomes whole again. Honestly, the Emperor, through a majority of this movie, is just Voldemort in the first Harry Potter movie. Um, he's, le- he's, like, barely alive, and he's looking to become – he's looking to come back. And then – he sucks the life. He sucks the force out of them, which is different than the force healing we've seen in this one because he's sucking life force out of them. Uh, like he's not entirely wounded. He's, I mean, he's wounded, but it, he's a literal. It's, it's different. It's more. It's more of like he's just so weak he's gonna die. Whereas the other one, it's like, hey, they're gonna bleed to death. So he sucks the life out of them, which take that out of context if you want and make that sound dirty but uh he sucks their life juice again another <laughs> weird sounding thing and then that was way worse he's whole again said. and they're passed out on the ground and then kylo gets up to confront him and then he gets force pushed down a chasm and then ray grabs the light like a lightsaber and he's trying to force electrocute her and then she grabs the other one and she's like, I've got, I'm a, I've got thousands of Jedis in my thing. And then she's walking towards him with the lightsabers and an X and it's deflecting the lightning back at him, which I've never understood why when the lightning starts deflecting at Palpatine, why he never stops. He keeps doing it and it kills him and it takes so much out of her. She's dying. And then Kylo Ren comes up and he's limping and then he transfers all of his life into her. And then they're like, yay, we did it. We did it. We did it. And then the Doris song starts playing. And then uh, they kiss. And then he smiles. And then he fades away and dies. And then they finish the rest of the battle. And then they leave. And then they're just, like, hugging everybody. Chewie gets his medal that he never got in A New Hope because Leia, I guess, was holding Han's medal or something, and then it gets given to Chewie. And then the movie... and Well, and no, and then the movie looks like it ends, and then it fades back up to Rey visiting the Skywalker moisture farm on Tatooine. So And moist. then she buries... Luke and Leia's lightsabers in the sand and then the one lady's like who are you and then she's like I'm Rey she's like what's your last name and then Rey looks over and sees Luke and Leia she's like Rey Skywalker and then the movie ends and my audience just sat there like what on earth did we watch Uh, it just and I know that doesn't sound really weird but when you're watching it I feel like I'm leaving stuff out so much weird stuff in this movie happened. I actually don't remember a lot of it because I was trying to process so much stuff while watching it. 
No, you you kind of nailed all of what the last third of the movie is, but you summed it up with way less enthusiasm than I would have. Um. <laughs> I, dude, it's okay. Like, it really feels like they get to that last hour and they're like, I don't know, just find a way to end it, make it as cohe, make it as coherent as possible, but it's not going to make a lot of sense anyway. Um, I like, like I said, I don't hate this movie. It's not, it's not insufferable to watch. I, you know, as as for a movie that I'm not giving a super high rating. Um, I did have a lot of entertainment value in watching it, probably because I didn't see a lot of what was coming coming, but yeah, it's just I don't I don't really know what exactly I watched. And I'm serious, I feel like I would need to watch it one to two more times to actually fully get it. But yeah, it's really weird. Um, I I got like nothing definitive. <laughs> I I still I still stick with my single brownie. It, it, I didn't love it. I feel like a half pan is too high of a rating for it. Um, I don't know if this would be one of my more disappointing movies of the year. I, Cause dude, I didn't care going into this movie. Like this advertising campaign sucked. Granted, good job. Not blowing a ton of big twists. Cause dude, this movie's this movie. It, uh, is the what like what I figured out what was worrying me about it. Um, the movie did such a poor job of getting me excited for the movie. That's what I was worried about. I was like, man, I I should be losing my mind over this movie, and I'm not. But yeah, uh, it's it's okay. I'm not di- I'm not dying to see it again. And my big thing to Disney, please take two to three years off and just figure out what to do with the next series because this shooting from the hip figure it out as you go along thing did not work out if you're gonna keep if you're gonna keep doing a star wars saga um figure out what the hell you're gonna do for an entire trilogy or at least have a really good idea um Personally, I would like if they just did kind of standalone movies to the quality of Rogue One. If you make me wait two to three years in between those, I'm fine with doing that. But, yeah, I they talk about this is the end of the Skywalker saga. Please let it be the end of the Skywalker saga. I, I want to see other things in this universe, and I frankly, I don't want it to involve this family anymore. You, like... The prequel trilogy was okay. It wasn't fantastic. It was it was all right. Uh, the original trilogy was great. This trilogy is just a roller coaster of trying to figure out what you wanted to do with it. You know what? I can't really think of where to take this story anymore. Leave it alone. Pick something else. Maybe there's other Jedi in the galaxy. Maybe 
you've got, you know, stuff like the Mandalorian or Rogue One, um, stuff like that where it's good and entertaining and isn't just, uh, it's this way because storyline like with solo, but the, like this trilogy, I, it started off good. It fell down with the, with the second movie. And then it kind of just stumbled across the finish line for me with the third movie. I, I agree. It's definitely time to keep focusing on singular focused projects like the Mandalorian. Um, I wouldn't say like Solo or Rogue One because those technically do tie into the broader Skywalker saga. Well, but well, what what I mean though is like just not Skywalker one off movies, not like we're building to this movie, to this movie, to this like. Right, keep them. I know it's I know it's part of the Star Wars movie line, but like, well, keep them you self-contained. You can just watch Rogue One and be okay. Yeah, you just want something self-contained. I get what you're saying. Yes, self-contained. Yes. I'm saying I want to expand that beyond just being self-contained. I would. I'm. I do agree that beyond that, it needs to be not anything to do with the damn Skywalkers anymore. Not to say that I dislike Literally this movie. Literally, because they're dead. Uh, well, that's true, but. I I don't think it's because this film and not I'm not saying that you say it strictly on this but I it's not that I found this movie to be that bad again it is a messy first hour I think it more or less comes together in the second hour but this trilogy as a whole is uneven it is uneven it's not a great trilogy it's to me a good it enough It never comes close to being great I, I think it's a good enough trilogy. It, it, bo- it borders on good. I will give it that. It borders on good. It never comes close. It never comes close to great. Um, and frankly, it's it's the most inconsistent of the trilogies. I think. Oh, for sure. But I still think it's good enough. I never gave any film lower than a half pan, which I'm giving Rise of Skywalker. Um, God, I could have <clears throat> excuse me, Rise of Skywalker. Said that all weird. Um. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, like I said with, or no, not with anything else, really. Like, I guess The Phantom Menace, it's good enough. I think this film is good enough. And maybe, I don't know, I think a second reappraisal of this is worthwhile for both of us, honestly. I don't know when we'll ever fit it into the show, but I'm okay with, I'm I'm down to see this film again. What's interesting with this movie is, you know, you talk about being good enough. That's that's fine. I'm I'm not going to rip. Here's the thing. I will not rip on someone for really liking this movie, mainly because, you know, at least it was creative and, you know, with what it did. Like it took a lot of risks. It went it went it it took things in directions that, you know, maybe they were kind of hinted at, but it really pushed it. I did like the development of the Sith stuff in here where. It shows that, you know, their way of the force is to get just just use use their knowledge of the force to get strange abilities and do and do some crazy things. And they're they're upset. They're constantly obsessed with having power and not dying. Well, the the direction of these twists feels like it had a more grounded sense of like where it was coming from than Rain Johnson literally just like 
Oh, yeah, no. these twists these twists felt like, hey, we're gonna take the story in a new direction because we find it creative and we think it serves the story. Ryan Johnson's were just like, I'm just subverting your expectations because, haha, you didn't see that coming. Yeah, I'm gonna um, write the most straightforward interpretation of how I feel the sequel is, and then I'm going to rewrite it with literally every opposite choice. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, um. I, I'm not like I said. I'm not gonna give someone a hard time for really liking this movie because that's fine. It's just you know if if ta- if a twist doesn't work for you in this movie, it's really not gonna work because it's gonna be taken to the highest extreme level that they can take that twist. Um, I'm. Hmm. I'm not. I'm, I, it's not that I'm like dreading watching this movie again, but I'm not craving to see it again. It 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 really feels like this movie. They, you know, J.J. Abrams was quoted in some interview recently where he's like, "You know what? F it. Let's just let's just try something nuts with this." This movie really does feel like a like it gets to a point like they're trying creative twists and then it feels like. They just got to this point in writing the movie and they threw their hands up in the air and they were like, we got to end it. And frankly, we've been what we've been setting up. It's going to be nuts to end it. Let's let's just let's go for broke. Let's go nuts. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we can say we tried. And that's what a lot of this movie comes across to me as is a lot of, you know what? It may not work, but at least I tried to put my mark on it and I tried to make it creative and I tried to do my own thing. I'm not I'm not going to really rip the movie for that because um, that's not, you know, it was it was them trying to do something creative. But for me, it doesn't work for what I saw in my screening for a lot of people it didn't work. The girl next to me, I'm not kidding, dude. I think facepalm five times in this movie and just kept making like the like she kept putting her hands up at the screen like what are you doing, um, dude. <laughs> this movie, it's 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 messy and it it's trying to be as clean as it can and I will just I, I'm it's over. I don't I don't necessarily find it all that satisfying of an end because i don't love it but it's over we can we now know so whatever it's over jeez a resounding thud from nick i give it a full pan um before we wrap this almost 90 minute review up who would um, you who would you put nick cage as in this movie just have him blow up as one of the random pilots. I, <laughs> I, I'd have him as, I'd have him as that general that kills Hux. Just he'd be like, oh. we found a spy. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about him just for a hot second. That guy. Um, <coughs> well, since we Before didn't really you talk- ask, I, <laughs> I genuinely don't know if he's been in any other movies, although he insinuates it. No, he. Um, among many other random, well, supporting slash cameos that 
we can, I, we're already going on really long. We don't have to really break them down. But um, I just wanted to give a shout out to him, Richard E. Grant. He is a character actor that is one of those guys on IMDb. When you pull him up, he's literally been um, – I have it right here in front of me. He's been in 132 movies. He um, is most known for uh, Gosford Park um, and Can You Ever Forgive Me from last year. Um, did you at least see ads for that movie? For what movie? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Nope, had, never heard of it. It had Melissa McCarthy in it. She was a um, – Oh, wait. Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, I saw that movie last year, and he was fantastic in it. Like, I mean, I'm not a Richard E. Grant connoisseur, but he's he's a character actor that just shows up in random supporting roles here and there. Like, he'll do Shakespeare, he'll do hardcore sci-fi, he'll do drama, he'll do comedy. He's just, he is your definition of a character actor. And I loved him as, like, the actual evil, like, I like that this film actually had a truly evil... Uh, general that wasn't just a punching bag that Hux was. Yeah. Um, oh, we got to do our updated rankings. Um, this move. Oh, I actually have it right there. Um, I know exactly where it fits for me. So, where to tail off this review? Do you fit it in our Star Wars ranking, um, listeners? If you didn't pay attention to our last segment, we just established our list with the ten films that came out um, as of three days ago so now with episode nine here um i know where i put it uh where do you uh squeeze it in on your list so out of all 11 um i have this as my number eight um i have it uh below last jedi but above episode one um the reason the reason being is you know in this movie as much as i i didn't love the movie i was never really bored and with uh, episode one, I was bored through a big chunk of the movie. Um, so that was kind of the deciding factor on it was, you know, as I didn't love this movie. But I, I what's funny is everyone's like, well, if you don't love a Star Wars movie, that means you hate it because the Internet cannot have neutral ground now for some strange reason. Um, I'm pretty neutral on this movie it's okay i don't like there's i give it a lower rating just because i don't feel like giving it our absolute middle rating is really deserved um so but i was never dude there's like a 45 minute chunk of uh episode one where i'm bored out of my mind there's chunks in the other parts of it where i'm bored i was never bored in this movie um, so I, I put it at number eight as where I didn't really like it all that much, but at least I wasn't bored. I put it on my list as number seven, which, um, just real quickly, number 11 is still episode two. Number 10 is episode one. Episode, uh, the ninth is solo. The eighth, haters gonna hate episode four. I don't think it holds up objectively if you give it a reappraisal and take away all the history around it. Um, but I still like it. I like everything after episode two, frankly, to various degrees. Um, <laughs> but uh, I rank it just above episode four and just behind episode eight. I do think Last Jedi is better than Rise of Skywalker, but um, 
Yeah, it's it's my number seven. I even though we have been talking about this movie for nearly ninety minutes, I again it's really only the first hour that I think is messy. I hesitate to say that it's really objectively like that bad because I do like the way that it kind of finds a way to come all together and I think the payoff of the film is great I do like the way that this ends even though when you think about it yeah it's kind of it came from a place I had no idea what the hell it was doing but I think it works kind of like I was saying with my thesis of the whole trilogy it works enough it's entertaining enough and um but yeah i just it is the weakest of this trilogy by default and uh again haters gonna hate i like it better than episode four give it another watch it may not hold up like you think it does um (laughs) but yeah that's where i put it as my number seven out of eleven uh so with that i mean do you have any other thoughts on this movie uh no i'm glad it's over the Um, this whole endeavor we've gone through for three months or just this movie in general i'm glad that endeavor's over but i'm I'm also just glad that the this trilogy's done because it was handled so poorly um dude star wars is not exciting to be built up to anymore it was with episode seven, episode eight, and then this one, the advertising was terrible. Uh, my big thing, Disney, please take several years off, get a damn idea of what you're doing, and come back with a cohesive plan next time, and stop shooting from the hip. It doesn't work with this movie, with this movie series. You actually have to have an idea of what you want to do. I agree. I think it's definitely time for a breather. Let's just I would honestly, you know what I would I would I would welcome Ray, Finn, Poe. Uh I would welcome them in another movie series if it just moved on from the Skywalker story. The Skywalkers are dead, technically like yeah, Ray took the Skywalker name, but that bloodline's over. I would welcome those characters back. I did like the characters, but just move on from this. You screwed it up pretty much the entire time that you had it. Just move on from this trilogy and just have a plan next time because your figure it out on the fly does not work. I wouldn't say it's a complete screw up personally, but yes, I do agree that it is time to move well, on. I mean, take take not, a not well, complete, but th- did a large majority of it. Well, I would call I would call a screw up. Well, if nothing else, we can agree it is time to take a breather. It's time to move on. It's time to just take your time to make a battle plan. Sure, keep doing little solo series like the Mandalorian that have nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Like, let's. Let's let the big tent poles take their time to become tent poles from now on because we are seeing diminishing returns. The fans clearly have not been as receptive. Again, as of this, as of this taping, it's got like what a fifty-six on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, it's bad. 
we clearly disagree. Audience in... score of 88, so go figure. But... Well, we just, uh, I mean, but well. We'll... Audience score of 88, but I'm pretty sure that was not my audience. They, My audience did not, not necessarily angry, but dude, my audience did not seem thrilled with this movie. They were just kind of like, like, I told Kelsey, I was like, I, I have never seen a movie shut up a crowd like that. Like, every everyone that was not a kid when that movie ended just kind of sat there like, what was that? And then got up and left. I literally did not have that. I had every single temple experience I've ever had. The second Star Wars popped up, everyone applauded. The When Mark showed up, everyone applauded. When Solo showed up, everyone applauded. When the credits started, everybody applauded. Like, it was... I've had that for Dude, so this, many movies. Okay, so, like, we've, we've seen a lot of, like, fan-based movies on opening night, me and you combined, um, for the show and before the show. This was... This was really eerie. Like really quiet uh the jokes in the movie like i remember seeing last jedi and other the other star wars one uh disney ones like you could hear people laughing really hard this one like one guy was like (laughs) for every joke that like it was dead quiet it felt like watching a funeral with like the enthusiasm my audience was giving it was really strange jesus that's a morbid description (laughs) Yeah, man, like, it was really, really weird. Dang, like, my I, my audience like, was when not we, when like we that usually at go all. See tentpole, when we usually go see tentpole movies like this, it's almost like a celebration of, oh my god, we, we got this, it's awesome. This one was kind of just like, alright, let's go see it. Dang. It was weird. That, that's really bizarre. I want to give a shout out now to the listeners to let us know if their experience was like that or more like mine, just your typical kind of like applause filled kind of uh, normal, well, normal, relatively speaking. But man, that's really weird. I kind of wish I was at your screening, (laughs) kind of like I was at your theater for Endgame and we got the the most glorious moment of 2019. The guy going, F, yeah. Instead, I got instead I got face palm girl sitting next to me. Was that the extent of like your theater experience? Because I don't have anything for an ex- theater experience. Yeah, for mine. I don't. I don't have like, dude. It was so dead in my theater that I have absolutely nothing to share, theater experience wise. My experience was pretty typical, um, except for the fact that the guy literally sitting next to me on my right, literally, I could touch him. Whoop drop my phone (laughs) uh the guy sitting next to me i could touch him he had the r2d2 that was 50 dollars that i didn't opt to buy i um listeners you can't see it i bought these metal tin popcorn containers but i got free posters see i didn't have posters i i had to pay yeah, I went to IMAX. I went oh, to IMAX I say, 3D. I was say, my, mine was, uh, like, our IMAX theater gets free IMAX posters to give out. So, yeah, I didn't. Other than that, there's, like, no promotional material given out. For some reason, my theater didn't have any freebies. Like, they had the 10s, but I assume every AMC had a 10. And, like I said, the R2-D2, which admittedly was cool. Like, I'm not that tall, but it came up to my knee, and his head 
was a separate container from his body that would hold soda, and then his well torso, his body would hold popcorn, and he was fifty dollars. So I'm not swimming in cash. I said hard pass. Just give me the two tens. Um, and then yeah, no posters, no pins, no free swag. Like that kind of that kind of bums me out. I didn't get a poster, but I mean whatever. Like. Yeah, but yeah, we've been going long on this, so I say let's let's do what they did and just throw our hands up and end it. Yeah, no, we. Wow, looking at my timer, we've talked about this movie longer than Crawl, which had been to this point our longest review. So, yeah. <laughs> with that, I feel this was an appropriate length for how anticipated this was, though. But uh, we got to take a brief break. And then we're going to come back and talk about cats. So <laughs> uh, hopefully we're, our moods are better and we're willing to joke a lot more for that one. Oh, I'm sure we will. Um, listeners, <laughs> we will be right back and we'll let you know what we think of the big screen adaptation of the musical classic Cats. We'll be right back. I said, by the way, I personally do not love lasagna. I hate it. What? No, stop bringing food into this, especially food that I really love. (laughs) I feel like I'm being attacked for being fat. I feel like I'm being attacked for actually liking good food. Um. (laughs) Lasagna is not good. Lasagna is amazing. Noodles should not be cake or sheety. Garfield. E for future Dan who's editing. Sheet E. Garfield is a saint. We all hate Mondays and we all love lasagna. Get in line. 